Okay, welcome everyone to the EOS Fireside Chat for December 14th. It's been another big week in EOS. We got lots of topics and updates to discuss today. We're talking, of course, Pomelo Finale. Last day for donations right now for Season 4, $365,000 in the matching pool to be allocated. Get in there, vote with your dollars, support the projects you love. We're talking Trimbots, Substack publication that was released this week relating to of course the big uh the big news from last week with the b1 donation to eden uh we've got some community uh, members special guests today coming to give us some updates on their projects we've got john from boyd talking about some updates on their side we have uh, Emanate, that's going to be giving us an update. And also, Shufan um, left us an audio message. She couldn't make it because it's 4 a.m. her time right now, but she left, left us uh, an audio message I'll play for everyone. Um, there's a new article by EOS Support going over the top ENF projects of the year. Uh, we are approaching the end of the year. Of course, we'll have our year-end recap show as well later on in December. We're talking the new EOS holiday, EOS holiday giveaway promotion that was started today. And of course, poker tournament number two for the EOS community going on this weekend on Sunday. But before we get all into all of that, let's do our official fireside intro. All right. Welcome to the EOS fireside chat, the show that brings you the latest news, insights and interviews from the world of EOS. Here we have some of the most influential voices in the EOS community from developers and entrepreneurs to investors and thought leaders. We'll explore the most pressing topics in the EOS space from scaling solutions to governance to end more. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back and join us for some thought provoking conversations about the future of EOS. My name is Stefan. I'm one of the co-founders of EOS Nation, currently a top-ranked block producer on EOS. And I'd like to thank Dave Rex and ChatGPT for writing my intro speech today. I absolutely welcome our new AI overlords. And also, I welcome everyone joining us live on Discord, watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is. Thanks for being part of the community. Thanks for being part uh, of the EOS community, the Pomelo community. Join us on Discord. Join in the fun. This show's open to everyone. You've got questions, thoughts, questions, thoughts, comments, whatever it is. We want to hear from you. And uh, yeah, of course, today we'll be talking about EOS. We're also talking about the Antelope ecosystem. Antelope is the name for the community-owned blockchain software that powers a variety of highly performant blockchain networks, such as EOS, Telos, Wax, UX, and many others. All right, so before we get to the juicy topics of the day and our special guests, um, just want to remind you guys of the holiday schedule for the Fireside. So next week, we're taking a break. We're, we're taking one break, and it's going to be next week. Then we're coming back on the 28th for the year-end review show. I'm sure no one really remembers, but the, the year-end review show last year was the first time that I hosted uh, the Fireside. I remember I was very nervous of uh, getting on stage and trying to lead a, a community conversation in front of everyone in EOS. Um, but, you know, did it a couple times. Uh, the nerves went away. Now it just feels like I'm sitting around talking about EOS uh, with friends, which is something I do a lot anyway. So, yeah, it's been a fun year. And, uh, yeah, we'll go over some topics uh, on, on Wednesday the 28th. Uh, if you join us... On Discord, if you share some thoughts, please let us know who you are when you jump on the mic. 
share some pics, memes, all that good stuff, links to, to the content that we're talking about in the voice chat on Discord. And uh, Dave will do, uh, you know, what he can to showcase that content to everyone watching uh, on the video shows. Um, Pop token giveaway, of course, still going on. Last week, we forgot to do the raffle for uh, the November ticket. So that's going to be going on at the end of this show this week. And uh, the Road to 10K promo still going on. We're gaining around 100 members a week. We're up to 6,500. So in a few weeks, we'll reach that 7,000. Create your custom invite code, invite friends, and you'll win prizes and cat and EOS and NFTs. All right, enough, enough from me. Who do we have here in in the audience that wants to come talk to the EOS community? Is John? Hey, hey John, you are there. Hey, welcome to the fireside. Please kick us off this week. All right. Thanks for inviting me, Steph. Uh, this is John from Void, and I wanted to announce that our new Void platform is live on Telos Testnet, and we have a rewards program that is live called Void Frontier. The, the Void Frontier, it's a rewards program where you can earn uh, tokens and NFTs in exchange for testing out the Void app on Testnet. We have, you know, many actions and pages and actions you can perform uh, just to try things out. And then we have a forum where you can post feedback and uh, uh, build uh, new things that you want to add to the program and things you want to improve. We also have bug bounties. If you can find basic uh, issues or even critical issues, you know, we have uh, some nice token bounties on that. So, and uh, there's some things about the platform that you've probably never seen before. Like we have, a completely on-chain password, uh, traditional email password authentication system. So you don't need to set up a wallet or you don't need to use Anchor or anything. You can uh, move tokens around. You can do everything with just an email password and it's totally on-chain. So this is a new thing we came up with that everyone should give it a shot and check it out. And I'd love to hear you know feedback and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's what we've been up to. Awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the fireside sharing with us. That's great. I'm sure I'm sure we'll have some feedback for you uh, over the coming days. Uh, yeah, I just posted a link to it. I forgot to do that. So yeah, there's a link in the chat. There you go. I posted uh, the, the blog post a bit earlier. Oh, there you go. You posted it again. Perfect. And then we've got the testnet link there as well. Get in there while you're on the fireside, guys. And let's uh, let's give John some uh, some instant feedback. All right, that's great. Um, all right, do we have anyone from Emanate in in uh, in the audience? I'm not sure exactly what name I'm uh, what name I'm looking for. Taylor asks, "Is Boyd leaving EOS?" Yeah, so you're talking about Telos Testnet, um, John. Maybe you want to maybe explain a bit how uh, or if Boyd <laughs> is still on EOS. Basically, we're setting up our new account system on Telos and um, to improve the onboarding experience. And the, uh, but uh, the token and the NFTs and everything is still going to be on EOS. So we're not moving anything off of EOS. We're going to re be retiring the smart contract that's running on EOS and just using the smart contracts on Telos. In the future, we may 
Uh, and and also we're gonna have we're probably gonna be the first application to have like first class IBC uh, integration. So you'll be able to move any kind of Boyd asset NFT or token between any of the chains on the IBC uh, network. And uh, because we don't require you to have a wallet, you won't even tell the difference about what you know what chain it's on and things like that. So I don't think. Um, it's a problem or i mean i don't think it's going to uh you know inconvenience you if you don't have a telos account for example you don't need a telos account uh the primary reason that we uh are building on telos is because we wanted to build a system that doesn't rely on any kind of an off-chain account system so that means every single user needs to be registered on chain and no central server and that means that we have to pay the RAM for every new user. And uh, so Telos, the RAM is uh, much less expensive than EOS. And also, it's much easier to run a Telos node uh, because the network is less busy. Uh, so basically, it's just a better fit for what we're trying to do. Uh, we also just like, we have really good alignment with the Telos community. You know, like we had a Telos team and they were the most active team on the platform for a long time. Uh, Telos has uh, attracted a lot of people that like the types of things that we do with Boyd. Uh, but I I see it as us expanding out to Telos and not moving to Telos. And uh, I think that everything that you see with Boyd on EOS today is not going anywhere. That's a pretty good answer. I think it makes a lot of sense for apps to be building on multiple antelope chains at once. Excited to see what the IBC implementation or integration, uh, you know, is going to is gonna mean for your tokens. And if that might be the one of the first places where the community can play around with that, that's going to be exciting for sure. Um, and, you know, you say you're leaving the token on EOS. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks. For yeah, I mean, the original white paper for Boyd basically said that Boyd is going to be its own app chain because in my opinion this is the ideal way to scale applications so the plan was always to use ibc to connect boyd to the other chains and have boyd running on its own chain and we've just been waiting for the ibc and the ibc is almost here <laughs> you know so but uh, and uh but i still feel like the technology for an app chain is not there yet so um, Telos is like our app chain. You know, it's a more specialized, more lightweight chain where we can uh, do the things that we need to do, and we still benefit from the liquidity and community and things from uh, on EOS. And because of our uh, our account system, you know, you don't need to connect Anchor. You don't need to make an, a chain account. All you need is an invite link from uh, someone um, who has created an invite link for you, or you uh, can purchase an account directly yourself. So I've I've thought of all the angles, trust me. <laughs> and I, I think like people it. will be happy with what we came out with. I like it. It's a well-prepared answer. Um, for me personally, as long as some piece of your application runs on EOS, then you're welcome back on the fireside anytime to give us some updates. I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, and I would encourage any projects that are having trouble scaling on EOS to think about an app chain, side chain, etc. type solution in the future. It's just 
the technology is not quite there for us. You know, it's barely there for Cosmos, and Cosmos has been working on it for like four plus years, and and all this kind of stuff. So, but yeah, don't let's try not to be too tribalistic about is everything running on this one specific chain? <laughs> you know, no, totally. And shout out to Taylor for the good question in the chat. We appreciate it. Esteban agrees it's going to be a multi-chain world. And in case someone uh, wasn't aware, IBC stands for Inter-Blockchain Communication. Thanks, Daniel. All right. Um, I don't think we have our Eminate uh, representative with us just yet. So I'm gonna, going to play a nice little clip from uh shufan so i asked her she's a uh, very active in the eos nft community even though it may be a small community she's definitely uh out getting out there trying things and you know using the technology that's available on eos with atomic hub with DeFi box with some liquidity pools all that good stuff um so i invited her you know to give us an update on the far side she can't it's 4 a.m her time um so she sent in a clip and uh so i Thought we we're gonna listen to it. It's about uh, four minute long. Dave, let me know if the the audio levels are good. Hello, everybody. I'm Shu Fan. Thanks for the invitation from Stephen. I'm very happy to join this fireside event. Because of the time difference, I can only record a piece of audio for you to introduce our two projects. Firstly, about Shufan NFT project. As I like Penty, I tried to sell them using NFT on US. It's been 18 months since my first NFT was sold. Its name is Small Flower. Time flies. Many other hobbies including dance, dance, music, movies, and novels. I'm also writing a novel and may publish it on U.S. in the future. I know the NFT market on U.S. is not that huge yet, but I believe it has a bright future. Then about SFN project, we launched two weeks ago. It's a brief test to combine NFT and talking. The total amount is only 2,100. Very real, right? And the ruined keys are for absolute safety. We have to thank the support of Rindo who are from U.S. support, and Listen, who is from ENF. We believe that SFN not only has similar value as Bitcoin, but is also very interesting because of NFT. Its price has increased more than 15% on DeFi box. I think it's a trust and support 
of U.S. community. SFN holders could even be imagined as VIP members of Shufan NFT project. For more details, please see the website. We hope this project can make both NFTs and SFN more fun, more active, and more valuable. So if you like us, please buy NFTs or donate our projects on Pomino. Thank you. Any questions can contact us by Twitter or Telegram. Okay, I'm very glad to share our projects here. Thanks for your time. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. All right, thank you, Shufan, uh, for that nice little description uh, audio message that you left for us for the fireside. Uh, I see there's a few questions here in the chat. Um, I, I'm not completely familiar with, with the project. You know, I just wanted to give her an opportunity to share with, with the community. Uh, but I, I do think uh, earlier in the month, holders of the token that were also providing liquidity for the token on DeFi Box were able to earn some of her NFT airdrops. So, you know, she's trying, trying out cool mechanisms like that using the tools available on EOS. So we wanted to give her uh, a bit of time to talk about her project. Not financial advice, of course. Tokens go up, tokens go down. <laughs> we, all, we all know the drill. Um, but anyway, so this also brings up another uh, issue that we've had with the Fireside is that we often invite guests and teams that are on the other side of the world and they kind of look at us weird when we want them to come online at 3 a.m. So starting next year, we're going to be running one fireside a month at 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, yeah, so, so usually they uh, start at 3 p.m. Eastern, the, the, the regular firesides. But uh, this one will start six hours earlier at 9 a.m. Eastern on the third Wednesday of every month. So that's going to be that one show where we hope that we get more Europeans uh, tuning in and more people in the uh, Asia, Australia time zones where it's going to be, I think, 3 p.m. in Europe and around 9 p.m. in Asia. So hopefully more people of the community can join the firesides. I hope all of you regulars here to the, to the afternoon firesides, or my afternoon anyways, will join us once a month early in the morning. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll be able to have more guests from uh, you know, the wider uh, EOS community. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know some people in the community were always saying how late the fireside is. And so, so for those people, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it'll it'll work out, and we'll see if it's very popular. Then maybe we go half half. Uh, you know, we'll find we'll see. Exactly, foreigner, another one that is thankful for an earlier show. Exactly, so nine thirty p.m. Yeah, exactly. So in Europe, the show starts at nine p.m., and in Asia, it's like three or four a.m. Um, so moving that six hours earlier is hopefully going to be able to uh, accommodate more people. All right, a lot of topic, a lot of comments in the chat. I like it. I haven't been able to catch up just yet. Um, yeah, if anyone has any comments uh, so far, any more questions for the projects, uh, if Emanate shows up at any time, let me know in the chat or just jump on, say hi. Uh, yeah, just can you give a 
a little musical break for a bit. There we go. It's muted again. Of course, ah, it happened. I thought I thought Dave was gonna do the the, the mess up this week. All right, um, Joe Louis. The questions uh, in the chat asks uh, starting which month for the morning chat. So that's gonna start next month, ja in January. So January eighteenth uh, is gonna be the first morning fireside. So I hope you guys join us. Book that in your calendar already. I know your calendars are a bit more open since we're going to the new year. Make sure to book that in every third Wednesday of the month for 2023. We're showing up early at the fireside. Uh, and yeah, other than that, should be, uh, yeah, sh should be good shows. Looking forward to seeing more people, new faces in the, uh, in the audience. We got 50 people right now on Discord. That's great. I'm sure lots more watching outside of discord if you are outside of discord join us in discord that's where all the fun happens discord.gg front slash eos dash network all right so trimbot trimbot where's trimbot trimbot wants blue dog on stage i want trimbot on stage wonder what's gonna happen um Maybe we get Daniel on stage, talk about Pomelo season finale first, and then and we get into the Trimbot Substack publication of the week. Hey, that's me. Hey. Uh, so yeah, thanks for having me on stage. Uh, Daniel, leading the Pomelo team, really excited for uh, wrapping up season four. We're, it's the last day, so if, if you'd like to participate in Pomelo season four, Make sure you get those donations in. Um, I think we've got. Let me. I'm going to pull up Pamela right now. Just to. I got a. There's a countdown timer right on the home page. If you want to know how much time there is left, and uh, yeah, that's 1,200 UTC is when the donations end. Um, so there's still some time left. Uh, thank you, Lenny. 15 hours, 33 minutes left. Um, so check that out. You got another, yeah, a little more than 15 hours left to get your donations in. And they're coming in hot, as they often do. Um, we, I'm, I've been monitoring the progress of donations on Pomelo, and it's it's there's a bit of a theme that every every season we get a big flood of donations toward the end of the season. Community members sort of like getting their last votes in, optimizing the results, trying to have their influence over how that matching pool is, is directed. Um, so the last time I called the bot to give me results, we were at, oh, thank you. I see, I see, uh, Steph in there already getting me fresh results. Um, we've raised 74, almost 75,000 EOS so far. Again, still 15, more than 15 hours to go. We're not quite at last season's 
um, amount. We raised ninety, almost ninety-eight thousand EOS last season, so we're still lagging behind the value we've raised um, from from the previous season. But as we've seen, I think I think about twenty-five percent, or maybe even fifty percent, of the donations came in the last two days. So I expect that number to climb, and maybe we'll even catch up or surpass season three's um, level of, of donations raised. So keep it coming. Really appreciate Love seeing all the activity from the community. Um, and it's, it's important. Uh, the more active people we have donating, the harder it is for the bad actors to influence the pool. Uh, the best defense against, uh, you know, the, those not playing fair, I having many people playing fair and making it harder to influence um, you know, requires much more, many more people with more donations to to have an impact. The more people we have participating, um, so again, very much appreciate all of the participation. We've got a new feature this season. We sent out. You may have gotten a newsletter from us. If you are a, a Pamela participant, uh, you can go and look at your profile and see how you rank. Um, in case you didn't know, we've got these great achievement badges that we. We give out every at the end of every season, um, thanks to the great work from the Dot Gems team who designs those for us. And if you look at your profile in the left bar there, you can see your all-time ranking. And now, for the first time, you see the current season's ranking. Um, so you can see, you know, where do you rank if you're in the top hundred or in the top? What is it? Top twenty that we get the exceptional donor badge stuff top 25 and top 100 there's the two two thresholds to aim for all right so if you want that exceptional donor badge then you want to be in the top 25 if you're uh if you're in the top 100 you'll you'll get the honorable badge that will be displayed nicely in your profile just like you see glue dog look at all those shiny badges that glue dog's got in the chat there i think i think that's the most i've seen from anybody um, so if you want to get yourself one of those shiny badges, check out how you're ranking. Uh, and you can even see how much you need to donate to get to the next rank. So there's that little next rank slot there. Glue Dog's currently ranked number three, and he's got $700 of, of donations to make if he wants to get to number two. Um, so there we go. Um, so yeah, like I said, and another thing I'll mention, I guess that expectation. So yeah, today's the last day. That's not the end of Pomelo Season 4. We go into analysis period at this point. Once we close donations, the Pomelo team takes some time to review the results, um, to explore evidence of potential mischief or cheating, and we adjust the matching allocation according to what we find. Um, we rely heavily on the community for this process. So if, if you've witnessed any wrongdoing, manipulation of the system um some of the things we're watching out for it's against the rules for example to offer a quid pro quo you can't offer something somebody something in exchange for a donation uh if you've witnessed that and you want to you can report it and we we really appreciate that and uh, we'll take action as a result if we have um you know conclusive evidence that a grant owner is participating in that that grant gets disqualified uh, we're also looking at just donation patterns, multiple data points, lots of different metadata that, we, that we're looking at here to look for evidence of uh, what we call a sibilant. So, you know, one person creating many accounts, 
to try to manipulate the results by donating with all of their fake accounts to their grant. Um, so again, if we if we have conclusive evidence that that was carried out by the grant owner, that grant can get disqualified. If it's less conclusive, then we'll make a just you know we'll collapse donors and you know twenty don- donors become one donor, and you know that has quite the impact on the matching distribution. So the matching estimates you see right now in the in the UI again, those are just estimates. They're not final. They'll they'll change. Um, in season three, I think we reallocated something around one hundred fifty five thousand dollars from bad actors back to the fair players. Um, so again, something to look forward to because we're heading into the holiday season. There'll be, you know, we're going to, we're going to, the Pomelo team's going to be taking a little bit of a break for the holidays. Um, so we'll continue that analysis into the new year and, you know, put our report out as soon as it's ready in early in the new year. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the Pomelo season four update. Uh, again, get those donations in, get those reports in. If you've seen them, we really appreciate uh, you know, the, the community's participation in, you know, helping to direct effectively the matching pool to the to the grants that really deserve it based on the wisdom of the crowd. All right. Great update, Daniel. Thanks. I've got a few other things I'd like to share about Pomelo. Um, I got I got uh, I got inspired last night, browsed all of the collections out there. And basically if a collection was created by someone that I've seen in the community, that's been around here for a long time that I know that I've worked uh, alongside with in various ways, you know, uh, I donated to all of the, the grants that those people were supporting. And it, it made me realize, you know, how the Pomelo quadratic funding platform really is a system that amplifies the wisdom of the crowd in order to fund the projects and the people in our community that we know bring the most good, you know, to the uh, to the ecosystem. And so I did a I did a little thread on the topic here on Twitter. I'm going to share in the chat here, just talking about how you know it's wisdom of the crowd on top of wisdom of the crowd. You know that with these new collection features, um, I was a bit motivated. Did a, did did a meme as well. It was funnier maybe last night when I was tired than this morning when I posted it. But nonetheless, uh, what I've also done is linked all of the collections that I donated to. I linked them in that tweet thread. So if you're looking for collections to donate to, you can see which ones that I thought were uh, good collections to donate to because, you know, I've seen these people, I've worked with these people. Um, so, so there you go. I wanted to just share that uh, thread and also talk about the NFT finale for Pomelo Season 4. So the bl- the final crafting levels went live uh, on Tuesday. Uh, so you can blend your robots into all sorts of different moon base units and structures and vehicles. And the final snapshot for everyone to accumulate a nice collection and then earn those coveted Pomelo astronaut tokens is going to be on the same day in January that grant owners can claim their matching pool allocation. So that means it's going to be after the cyber analysis and it will be announced in January what when that date is going uh, to be. So until then, you've got plenty of time to get in there, 
uh, buy some NFTs, go through the fun little gamifications that we've got implemented there. If you're looking for uh, information on what's going on there, there's a Medium blog article that covers everything you need to know about the NFT adventure. I'll share it in just a second. And uh, yeah, thanks for everyone that participated in the pitch sessions that I hosted. We had uh, over 30 grants, I believe. Uh, I made a collection, including all of those pitch sessions. So if you want to reward the grants that were uh, that took the time to come on air in public to pitch their grant to the community, uh, I've got actually 40, 40 of them uh, ended up uh, in this collection, included some of uh, the pitch sessions that I've done, pitch sessions that our Asia team did in Chinese, Korean, Jenna Rios did some pitch sessions. I hopped on one with some guys uh, from EOS Rio the other day, included those as well. Um, and so next year, if you're interested in hosting pitch sessions, with I know a few of you are because you reached out to me during the season wanting to uh, you know, host some. Uh, we were doing rapid fire pitch sessions this year, five minutes each. Some people were like, hey, I want to do a longer pitch session. Great. Reach out to us uh, during the off season here and we'll make sure to include whatever format of pitch session you want to host into our workflow here to make sure that when people apply to pitch sessions, they can really apply to all the pitch sessions uh, you know, that are out there. And we love to see the community getting involved like that. It's really great. All right. Final round of applause for everyone from Hello Season 4. I think it's been a great season. Uh, the you know a number of grants approved was a bit lower. The donations maybe a bit lower, but the quality I think is much higher. I ended up donating to over a hundred grants last night out of one hundred thirty-two. You know, so a lot of you know wide range of grants, and, and these were all from people creating collections, right? So I only donated to grants that were inside collections from people, or, or almost only made a few exceptions, of course. But anyways, yeah, it's been great to see the quality of the projects going up, the reputation of the grant owners increasing, uh, you know, season over season. Uh, they're delivering on what they say. That's great. Okay, we want more of that. We know this, this grant creator's already delivered. They're sharing their updates. All of that's all coming together nicely. Um, yeah, and I guess one one uh, yeah one thing I'm looking for next season is more more auditing of these grants. So I know there's a few groups out there that are working on that uh, aspect of Pomelo, and to have more deeper, detailed audits on what the projects promise compared to what they deliver. And you know, sometimes things happen, token price moves, all that stuff. Um, but it's good to get more visibility, more information into that stuff. I think that's something that a lot of community members uh, are looking for. All right, anyone else want to just jump on here as we close up Pomelo season four, share your thoughts, ask questions, maybe ask a feature request or stuff uh, that you didn't like. Uh, I'll jump quickly back in because you, you sparked a, a thought in my head. There we go. Another th I know with, with the collection, something I'm looking forward to, and you were talking about the reputation. So we're four seasons in, and we're seeing grant owners build their reputation season over season. And, and, you know, people who came, participated in season one kind of emerged as unknowns in the community. And now, again, through four seasons, Mello actually now made a name for themselves in the community. With collections, we're only in our first season. I'm really curious to see how, you know, there's a new category of reputation to earn now as a curator. So maybe you're not interested in creating a grant. But you've got 
you know, you're a, a passionate community member who wants to see the, the matching pool distributed fairly. You, you've got some time to investigate grants and to put together a collection of, you know, a well-researched collection of grants that have been delivering and proven that they're delivering. Um, I think that's a great way to build your reputation too. Uh, you don't have to create a grant. You don't have to try to raise money for yourself, but you can start building a name for yourself through the collections. And then maybe at some point in the future, maybe you do want to create a grant and you already have that track record behind you uh, to, to kind of lead off with even more success uh, for your first go at creating a grant or creating a bounty. That's something else that's coming down in the future. Um, so yeah, really, really happy to see all the, the adoption of the collections. It looks like people are really using it, loving it. Um, I've been loving it just like you. I've been, uh, majority of my donations have been going through collections. And again, this is just the beginning. I, I think, I think we're going to really see the value of collections manifest through that season over season mechanic that Pomelo does. So there we go. Just another two cents. Thank you, Steph, for sparking that in my head. You sparked another question in my head, which I'm not sure if we have a plan for yet, but we'll give it a shot anyways. Um, there's a section here in the collections uh, called Featured Collections, uh-huh. but it's empty. It is. But, uh, how are we going to fill up this section? That's a good question. So right now, the way that it's filled up is I've got a Pomelo account that I can log in with and follow collections, and then they end up in the Featured Collections, and I haven't done that this season. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to stay sort of relatively neutral when it comes to the collection, you know, which, you know, support the collections if you want. However, I really would like to see that, that feature used more. And I'd be curious to hear from the community if, if anyone has any thoughts on what's the criteria, how do we determine which feature, which collection should be featured? Um, because that's a question I'm still debating myself. Yeah, me too. I've got ideas, but none of them are really great. And I, I'd love to to hear uh, ideas from the community here before maybe I share my mind that aren't very great. How's Gitcoin, dude? I'm pretty sure they randomize it. But they, they, they the, their feature it. collections are randomized. Do they? Have, uh, uh, I. Okay, so their their collections are randomized. I'm pretty sure because it's kind of annoying because I'm always looking for a Ethereum State Media collection and it's hard to find because it's not always at the top because it's right. randomized. So yeah, we've there's we've got the just the standard. So they have we have this whole featured collection section that right now is blank because we haven't designated any collections to feature. We've also got the sorting. So yeah, by default, just like Gitcoin, it's shuffled. However, we uh, we have additional sorting ways to sort. So you can sort by, for example, number of followers. You could sort, so anyone can follow their favorite collections. And uh, the number one followed collection is is the collection of, of Yves La Rose, of the ENF. Um, um, so that's one, if you want, you can sort collections by number of followers. Another thing we're going to be adding is an ability to sort right now. You can't do this yet, but probably by next season, you'll be able to sort by number of donations made to a collection or via a collection. Um, so that data exists on the back end. It's just a matter of us, you know, formatting it and, and putting that in the UI to be able to sort with that. Um, so that's another potential opportunity. We can feature collections based on number of donations to them, based on the number of followers, 
or it could be, you know, maybe at some point there's a, a community role that, that is developed that, you know, a third party first, you know, community member who features collection, maybe there's multiple ways. I don't know. But for now, again, I have, I have not featured any collections just because I haven't yet figured out the criteria. Um, and I see, I see Trimbot has said, based on ranking of a member who creates the collection, and I guess by ranking, you mean number of followers? Um, or do you mean number of donations they've made? That's another, I don't think we have a way to sort by that. But one of the things we do on the collections is right at the top, we feature the, the curator. So you can see the, the stats of the person who created that collection, the total value they've donated, the number of grants they've donated to, their achievements, um, you know, you can see their NFT profile picture. Um, so that's a way to signal the, the I guess, the reputation of that person over time. And over time, we're going to, we want to add more and more ways to signal reputation. Um, you know, soon we've got bounties coming, I mentioned. You know, there's going to be a way to eventually to rate people based on their contributions, you know, five star, four star. Maybe that's going to be something we display in collections too at some point. Um, so yeah, all kinds of different ways to signal reputation and use that data to feature collections and grants. Um, what, what's the latest um, status on the idea of um, kind of like a check system? To uh, we've talked about it before, uh, the comments on like a grant. Yeah. Be able to like do feedback and reviews from the community. Yeah. So we're going to try our best to get that in for next season. That's our top. We've already identified that as the top priority feature for grants. Um, the top priority feature for all of Mello is bounties. But we've we've separate. We've got sort of two different independent teams working one on, on grants, one on bounties. Uh, so the team that's working on grants is going to be focused on on trying to get the commenting um ready for season five uh that's all you know things change it could it's, it's possible it won't be ready in time but our, that's the goal uh, and it'll be you know the, right now the design we have in mind it's very basic we're going to have some threshold that's still to be defined um we don't want spam comments from civil attackers so there, there's going to be you're going to have to have reach some threshold of reputation to be able to comment on somebody's grant um Ideally, our goal, maybe if, if not for the first iteration, maybe the second iteration, you're also going to be able to upvote and downvote comments. Just kind of like Reddit, how that will, the most upvoted comments will surface to the top. Maybe the most downvoted ones will get hidden. Um, maybe you'll be able to still view them if you with an extra click. Um, and the idea with this is, yeah, just another opportunity for the community to be able to hold the grants accountable. Ask questions. You know, make comments like, hey, you said you were going to do this and you never did it. What's the deal? And the grant owner will be able to respond to the comments. And uh, anyone who's reached that threshold can only make one comment per grant. The idea is not to make like a big comment thread, but, you know, give everybody a chance to have their say and edit it if they need to. Uh, so that's what we're planning. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything works out according to plan, we'll have that ready for season five.
Hello, everybody. This is Dan Singjoy. Hey, Dan. Hope that you're all doing well. Thanks, Stefan. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, well, I want to say first off, thanks so much to the Palmelo team. Um, you guys are doing amazing work. Well, the Urbana team. So, really appreciate it. And uh, thank you also. Um, well, thank you specifically, Daniel Keys. All the things you said there sounds great. And thank you, Stefan, for hosting this conversation. Um, I have. Uh, three announcements that I want to make. And there's a lot that I'm really excited to share with uh, the community. Um, I know it's kind of a lot too, so I don't want to share too much at once. So I'll be concise. I have notes written out too. I was writing some notes out so I can give everybody a great experience, just uh, be concise and be respectful of everyone's time. Um, and I suppose that uh, if it's all right with you, Stefan, everybody, then I'll jump into it. And uh, maybe I'll pause a little bit in between each topic in case anybody has any questions or comments. Uh, and uh, yeah, feel free to jump in. Uh, does that sound good with you, Stefan? Yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing what concise means uh, today. Go for it, Dan. Okay, it sounds good. It, it is a forty-nine, so I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be concise and quick. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I want to say thanks. I also want to say uh, thank you, Stefan, uh, and congratulations on just about a year of hosting these fireside chats and bringing the community together. You do an awesome, uh, amazing job, and I really appreciate it. As I'm sure many people in the community do as well. And also congratulations on the hot sauce grant so far and everything you're doing and the Pamela Pitch sessions. I did those. So I'm just really appreciative of that. Also, thank you for joining the Fractal Apple, which is one of the announcements that I mentioned and spending some time with me yesterday and sharing fun comments and helping me decide on public goods and Pamela and being a part of it. And also, I really appreciate your donations for Creator Talk and Eden Creators. Um, and so I mentioned one of the announcements is called Fractal Apple. It's a new live show that I just started this week. And I also introduced this last week a bit during the Fireside Chat. So I won't repeat myself much. People can uh, go back and listen to that one. But since then, I did it. And I did two of the first Fractal Apple shows. It's a musical live show that's about collaboration and Eden and EOS and Web3 and Fractal Consensus and all sorts of cool things. Uh, and I did the first show on Sunday and I introduced the show there and I also introduced the Creator Talk Show, which um, I'll also go into a bit more in a bit. And I also debuted a song that I've been working on about Fractal Apple and Pomelo and had a lot of fun and promoted Pomelo and Public Goods Creators on Pomelo. I've also been working on a page at EdenCreators.com slash Pomelo where um, I've been uh, curating Pomelo and trying to share it with a wider audience because, like, I mean, it's amazing what we're doing here in the EOS community. And I really want to spread it with the wider world and help people understand the benefits of Pamelo and EOS. I'll share a couple links in the chat too in case people want to see it. Um, I encourage you to check out the episode that we did, both the first episode and also the second episode that I just yesterday during the second episode. It was a kind of a holiday themed episode where I spread some holiday cheer and opened up some gifts and played some Christmas songs. And I also gave 500 EOS to public goods creators on Pamelo with the help of Stefan and Jorn and many people in the community. Thanks everybody for joining uh, and all the support. And it was really fun. Uh, got creative and uh, and yeah, so it was a fun time. And also, I think it's a really cool way to promote Pomelo to live stream and to share the appreciation for all the great people doing amazing work in the community. So thanks, everybody, for uh, creating public goods for EOS and for the world. I supported 79 grants that I knew did really cool work last night. Um, so I was very happy to do that and very thankful for everybody. And I'm going to be doing the show every week at Sunday at 15 UTC uh, before the Eden Town Hall, which is a 16 UTC. And then I'm also going to just be doing it maybe randomly. Throughout the week, I'm also looking forward to the next Pomelo season to give away more uh, funds to public good creators on Pomelo. And I think that is, uh, well, that's probably the end of the first announcement. So that was two minutes. That was fairly quick. I hope that all made sense and you enjoyed it. Um, 
And yeah, thanks again, uh, Stefan, for joining that. Um, that was that was really cool of you to be there with me, and it was fun grinding out the Pomelo donations with you, as you yeah, said. Yeah, I was I was out there looking at all the collections, sending out EOS everywhere. I had to reload from Binance at one point. Uh, it was fun times, fun times. Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, thanks so much. That's Fractal Apple. I'll be doing that once again on um, Sundays at 15 UTC. People can check it out at. Uh, Eden, well, I'm going to get back to apple.com option. Right now, it's at edenpages.com slash apple where you can learn more. And the first episode was really fun. I did a live stream for two hours. That's in the chat, too, so you can watch that. And feel free to reach out with any questions or comments. Love to hear your thoughts. Second show that I did was um, called Creator Talk, and that's a new show where I speak with creators about creativity and collaboration and a lot more. You can see the show at creatortalk.show. Um, and I, I, I did introduce this a little bit. So just to briefly reiterate, uh, the show is now live. I released it. I released the first interview with Tadas Kunas, who is a uh, really visionary and talented developer in EOS who created the Eden Plus Fractal process. Also, Albedo, some other cool projects he's working on as well. Eden Plus Fractal process is a super helpful consensus game that we've been playing at Eden Fractal meetings on um, Wednesday, the 16th UTC at the Eden Fractal. Uh, we've been meeting for uh, over six months now, but we started doing this about two months ago. And this is basically a process that combines Eden elections with Fractally. So we reward respect as well as elect leaders who form a council. So I had an interview with Tadas about this a couple months ago. And ever since then, I've been working on a lot of uh, really exciting like websites and, or well, a really exciting website and uh, producing the video well and so forth. Um, so I, I saw you on this message in the chat, but yeah, you can check it out at creators, creatortalk.show slash Tadas for the full episode and also a preview that I made and show notes and uh, and person noted more about Tadas and related articles and so forth. I put a lot of work into making this uh, show as exciting as possible and helpful as possible. So there's a cool little surfer dude and a lot of cool art that I've been making as well as websites I created about Eden Plus Fractal and I hear a little timer, so I'll hurry up here. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about it and I uh, encourage everybody to check it out at creatortalk.show. And I also, the final announcement is that I have some big news about using the Eden Plus Fractal process today. So I'll stop there. Thank you, Stefan. Let me know if I was rambling on too much. And shall I continue now? Or any questions or comments? Uh, yeah, you were rambling on a bit too much, but uh, not 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 too bad. Not too bad. Just five minutes, I guess. Um, but yeah, cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing uh, sharing all that. And uh, if anyone has comments, I'm sure they know where to find you. You're out there everywhere. So, but great. Thanks for Thank joining our side. Thank you very much. Do, do, do you mind if I just take one more minute just to share the final <laughs> announcement? Because that was the first two. <laughs> and I'm sorry there's so much at once, but it's just been a crazy, crazy week. And I can do the last one very quickly. And it does follow up. Who's laughing? Okay, I think I'll go ahead. I, I don't know. I hear that too. Okay. So, um, if we, I'll just say two. With this Eden Plus Fractal process, we actually passed three proposals today at the Eden Fractal meeting. Um, so that was the most proposals we passed. And uh, Tadas also made two more proposals for um, uh, to have mo- uh, to basically elect a moderator and set moderator guidelines and to optimize the hour after the breakup meetings. So um, maybe this is yeah. too many details. Stefan, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool and revolutionary. I know I've been talking for a while. Yes, it's fine. And if you're interested, too much stuff. They yes. can find the details uh, if they want to. Um, we've got Thank Matt so been actually on deck here waiting to uh, to give his updates as well. So um, I'm going to throw it over uh, to Rhett if uh, if you're if you're ready.
Yes, I am ready. I'm All right. switched. Yeah, I switched to a computer instead of being on my mobile phone, um, just to have more bandwidth and uh, more quality uh, sound. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so, a quick debrief of the uh, ENF EMEA tour that we did in Q3 and Q4 of this year. Uh, we had our last event in London. Um, the debrief documentation is not complete because we, we promised the vinyl version and uh, December 21 to ENF, but I'll, I'll give you a little bit of, uh, feedback on, on what we concluded after six months. And we are ac currently making the plan for, for the first half year of next year, um, ne negotiating with ENF on, on, on what events is best to do. Um, one change for next year is that we will visit more events, uh, like 15 of them, and we will participate in about six. Uh, so that is a, a bit of a change. Um, we have found out that if we are on events and we talk to the people that are on those events, um, that can be very beneficial for the EOS community. Uh, there's uh, uh, all kinds of suppliers that have technology that can uh, be migrated to EOS or EOS protocol can be added to the protocol or to the solution or the application or the wallet. So that's why we want to visit as many events and talk to the, the booth owners to see if they are interested in. So it's more of a reach out next year with 15 events that shape and six events participating. So in the last uh, three months, we did 11 events in seven countries in 10 weeks. Uh, Web Summit in Lisbon, Future Blockchain Summit in Dubai, uh, TechX in London and in Amsterdam, Token 2049 in London. Uh, ENF itself did the Singapore version. Uh, we did W3 Vision, that was a part of DMEXCO. We will do, uh, that was in Germany, we will do next year uh, from the same organization or related to it. Also an event uh, very focused on marketing and uh, they have a, a special Web3 gaming area. So we'll probably do that for next year. We did DeFi Congress in Belfast. Uh, Blockchain Expo in Zaragoza with a little bit of an accent on, on gaming there. We met a few gaming companies. And uh, we did three events from Gartner. Um, we spoke last 10 weeks with, I think, over 25 analysts from Gartner uh, explaining what Web3 uh, and EOS can offer to enterprises and why people should build on uh, this tech stack. Um, for all these events, we had a, a pop-up wall. So um, maybe you've seen those walls where it's an aluminum frame that you can pop up. Uh, or we had a custom-made uh, event booth uh, that was typically part of the, uh, uh, the package that we arranged with them. Some of the uh, organizers want their the whole show to look uh, a little bit similar, and they include 
uh, um, stand produced by them as part of the package. In total, there were 14 people of us um, participating in these uh, shows. Uh, I did eight events. I couldn't do all because some of them are, were on the same date. Uh, about 14 people of us uh, were, were participating. Um, I did six presentations, five panel participations, and on average there were like 134 people in the audience. So that are pretty okay statistics. We have about 1,700 new contacts in the database that we jointly with ENF uh, are going to uh, nurture, send out marketing uh, events, marketing materials. The first few that we did had like an open rate of uh, 40%, so that is very impressive. If you know anything about click rates on uh, email, then 40% uh, extremely high. Uh, in total, 218,000 people were at all these events. Um, we did, in every event, we assessed how many of them were able to see our booth and we in total that was at least 64,000 um, and we had over uh, like I said we collected 1700 cards um, some of the people came in multiple events uh, past our booth so the total number that we had engagement with a little less than the 1700 but that that type of a number uh, we gave out thousands of stickers. Uh, we gave out the magazine, uh, 200 copies. Uh, we gave out polo shirts, uh, business cards in serious numbers have been given out. Um, so from some of the projects, we had a little bit of more detail, like um, our team answered some questions after they had contact with this person so for example the question what was the maturity of the person that you spoke with was it low medium and high uh, low was about 16 percent high was 35 percent and that leaves medium sorry that leaves high sorry high was 49 percent so the majority of the people that came by were very knowledgeable about blockchain almost 50 percent 49 percent to be exact um, and only 16% were not very knowledgeable. The assessment that we made on whether this project would be uh, in the next 12 months, 45%, or in the next 24 months, that was on another 20%. So big numbers on the next 24 months. We are reaching out to these projects now um, and partnerships, a lot of partnerships, I would say. And I think it's less than what we said here because we already engaged that this percentage is probably too optimistic. Let me go through some. Uh, a lot of the context, number one context was 246 in the Netherlands, one, uh, 120 one in the uk 111 in dubai 106 in germany 
66 in Portugal. To, to mention the top, uh, I already said that we had not a high open rate. It was 46% open rate in the first email. Second email, 39. So it goes down, but uh, we still have 1,215 numbers, uh, email names in that we keep on nurturing. In total, we did uh, in the last uh, period 102 uh, social media posts that were retweeted on LinkedIn and Twitter, and but there were 102 original posts, and that reached about 189,000 people and 6,600 engagements. That engagement is a, a retweet or a comment. So the engagement was 3.4%. So that's some. Are, are we going to be able to uh, visualize this data? Yeah, we have we have this whole we have this whole report. I will ask ENF to 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 share this with the with in this report. There are some names of cost companies that we talk to that I one hundred percent sure will not share. Uh, without them knowing that we share this to the open public, so I can't share what mm -hmm. we have right now. And this is not this is not the final version. So um, I think we will share it in the in the channels, Discord channels. Uh, Great, looking forward create, to it. Great. Uh, I, I think if numbers on audio only. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, but in in at the end, it's really we have some conclusions slides and. The, the title there, it's happening. This means really means that we, we see the EOS branding work. We see the ENF branding work. Uh, we see a lot of people that were either at the ICO days. Oh, finally, EOS. Finally, we see something of you guys. Uh, yeah, there's people from the community that, uh, that really like that we are finally showing our face and that they can talk to us. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, an update. Awesome. Any yeah, questions? For, I, I haven't looked at the questions, but. Uh, uh, oh, Vlad talking to everyone. I don't think he meant to do that. Um, yeah, we, so we, we, they, they shared some pics. Mel shared some pics of him out there at the, uh, at the end with you. Um, but uh, yeah, Lewis coming in with some uh, confirmation that these numbers are indeed good according uh, to him. Uh, so yeah, so that's cool. Thanks, uh, yeah. thanks for sharing. And when's the when's the next event that you guys are doing? Uh, I think it's somewhere February. We we are uh, really engaging with a lot of projects that are. And especially the 25 uh, partnerships. These are companies, I uh, think uh, Deloitte, Ernst Young, System Integrators in Germany and in the Netherlands that want to build on top of uh, EOS and antelope chains. Um, and they, some of them, uh, one particular uh, said, uh, this is everything you told me is very interesting. We have so many projects that failed on other protocols. We really want to dive into EOS because what if if it's true what you told me then uh, it's it mm -hmm. this protocol is very interesting. Great. Well, yeah, looking forward to seeing some uh, 
some announcements, public announcements of some of this stuff, hopefully in uh, 2023. Absolutely. And I hope you enjoy uh, your uh, six weeks off, I guess you have between conferences before you get back, uh, get back on the road. Yeah, well, there's a lot of prep work, a lot of negotiation with the organizers. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are also, uh, we want to talk to ENF some more on, on what to do and what not to do. Um, there's work to be done on the ENV, in, um, so the venture part. Hope we, we can talk to uh, Eve uh, somewhere to see how we can help with that. Because we have a lot of deal flow coming uh, from these events. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies also that show interest in uh, Permelo or in uh, grants or in uh, funding in general for equity. So I think we can help with that as well. All right, great. Well, thanks again for the update, Rhett. And uh, yeah. I guess uh, we'll expect another update in February sometime after those events, maybe? Uh, I'll, I'll share the uh, the document that we have or ask Enaf to when it's, when it's yeah. available. Yeah, yeah let's perfect. Get some, uh, let's get some anonymized data that we can yeah. quickly see okay. the impact you know, that these conferences are having. That'd be great. All right, okay. at this point, um, we're going to move on to uh, Trimbots, invite him onto the stage. I think he's ready. Had to convince him a bit by PM. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from uh, Trimbot, share about uh, the Substack, the new Substack he started this week. Um, all right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Welcome. Great. Um, so yeah, so like Steph said, I don't really have anything in particular to share. Um, I posted sort of my thoughts over on Substack, and I hope if you guys haven't had the chance to read it, that you do give it a read if you're interested in the situation. Um, essentially, last week, for those who aren't aware, Block One donated 500,000 EOS to Eden. And in a vacuum, I don't think it's good to get money from Block One in the hands of anything on EOS because that would be you know a big change of pace from Block One. Historically, they have not done anything to support EOS or done very little. Um, but I had a problem with the way it was sort of represented to the community in the sense that it was represented as if this was a donation done because they support decentralized governance and that you know, we should be thankful that Block One is contributing and so on and so forth. And that really bothered me because from my vantage point, I was seeing through exactly what Block One is doing. And it was really obvious to me what was going on from Block One's perspective and why they chose to make this donation. And so I was pretty frustrated um, by the way it was presented to the community. And I think during the course of that, there was a lot of back and forth, which at certain points turned into, you know, personal attacks or, or things that crossed the line in certain ways between either myself or other community members and members of Helios or other people who supported the donation and so on. And so I sort of wrote the article to really clear the air and explain what my thoughts are. Um, and so to sort of reiterate a little bit from that article, um, and just sorry, before I do that, I just wanted to clarify, like, I don't have any will toward the Helios people to Barnes, Waxa, Brock, or anyone who, you know, was involved in facilitating this. 
I don't think that you guys are, you know, working for block one or something secret like that and trying to like, you know, screw over EOS or anything along those lines. My point was essentially that I think in a certain way, Helios was being used by block one to the detriment of the EOS community. And so let's dig in a little bit to what I wrote about in that article. And so essentially, um, as everyone's really aware, when Block One had the ICO, they made three major, major promises, but I'm going to focus on one promise of those three. And that was that Block One would maintain the EOSIO code for a minimum of years. Um, I linked to the source for that um, in the article. And what ended up happening is less than four years after that promise was made, Block One stopped maintaining and updating the software. And the date at which they stopped maintaining and updating the software was May 2021. And that date is actually very interesting because if you look about what also happened around that same time, Block One settled a class action lawsuit that dated back to the ICO and was in relation to the promises made during the ICO. And when a class action lawsuit is settled, Essentially, in certain circumstances, now this isn't a one-size-fits-all blanket rule, but it can apply this way. Essentially, what may happen is it absolves you of any future legal liability for the same sort of situation. And so in essence, I believe that Block One, when they settled the class action lawsuit, felt that claims related to the ICO and the promises made during the ICO no longer are applicable because they had settled and absolve themselves of any responsibility. So what they offered was a $25 million settlement. During the course of the ICO, Block One made other promises other than maintaining the software. They promised to um, invest $1 billion directly into EOS projects. They offered or promised to deploy the majority of the capital earned through the token sale back into the hands of the innovators, as Brandon put it, which is essentially he was implying or stating directly that it would go into EOS IO ecosystem. Whatever those promises may have been, I think that everyone with sort of common sense can agree that Block One did not adhere to them. But the most damning one is the lack of code updates, because that's not a subjective determination. That is a factual thing that you can see on the GitHub. When did they start or stop maintaining the code? And so again, May 2021. So that's a relevant date. May 2021, sorry, they stopped maintaining the code. If you look at Block One's website, about a week or two after that, their last update to the code base, they announced that they settled the class action lawsuit tentative to a court's approval for $25 million. So tentative to the court approval, it was settled in their view. And they assumed, I suspect, that that was a rubber stamp, that it was guaranteed that the court was going to approve of it. I think everyone in their right mind, for the most part at least, assumed that was going to be the case. I assume that was going to be the case personally. Fast forward to August 2022, a year later, and a judge threw out that settlement offer. They rejected it. And by rejecting it, they essentially had said or implied that now Block One is back open to legal vulnerability. In other words, what Block One believed was a closed case is now an open case. And so that happens in August 2022. About a week after that is announced they make the transfer of funds from the account from block one to the account that would later disperse funding to Eden. The key of that timing being 
that transfer was not made until after the settlement was rejected. So if you haven't followed the case, you're probably wondering, okay, what's the big deal here and so on? Like, so the settlement was rejected and then they made the transfer, whatever. Okay, so here's what's going on. In my opinion, this is what I think Lachlan's legal strategy is. I don't know definitively. This isn't legal advice. This isn't a guarantee. I don't have um, direct knowledge of anything. But I believe what happened is Block One felt that they no longer had to adhere to the promises they made during the ICO when they settled. To their surprise, the settlement was rejected. And then they felt very vulnerable to legal action because a door they thought was closed is now opened. As a result, they said, okay, well, what do we do here? I think one of the things that may have been happening beforehand, after, I don't know when, but they worked out this deal with in conjunction with Helios to direct funds to Eden, which is a good thing. They probably, I suspect, in the future will make other donations along those lines, maybe funding Helios, maybe funding Pomelo, maybe funding, funding the Antelope Coalition. That's what I expect to see from Block One in the future. And I suspect they have roughly $25 million budgeted towards these type of endeavors. The reason I suspect they have $25 million budgeted is essentially because that is the amount they would have settled the class action for. In other words, they were willing to pay $25 million to absolve themselves of legal responsibility for the promises made during the ICO. But the promises made during the ICO is they would deploy billions of dollars. So they paid $25 million to not have to pay billions. That's a pretty good deal for Block One. So what's so some people have said, okay, well, legally, that doesn't absolve them of responsibility, or sorry, that just because they make a donation doesn't prevent them from being sued or anything like that, and that's true. But I think one counter to that is that by sort of welcoming Block One back into the EOS community, saying, ah, shucks, like, we'll move on, we'll move forward, thanks for the support, and so on and so forth, that feeds into Block One's plan. Because by doing so, they can demonstrate to a court they're accepted by the EOS community. Um, they intend to fulfill the promises, just taking longer than maybe expected, um, and so on and so forth. So essentially, my point is that the community has golden opportunity to get what they are owed back. But it sounds like Block One is doing what they can to minimize the amount they return. And so that is really what I'm getting at. And sorry if that went on way too long. No, that was great. That was great. Um, thanks for thanks for breaking down that article. I think you did a good job. Um, I mean, my my position is not a secret. I've been out there on the chats this week, in the Eden channels and the EOS channels trying to you know s understand why block one would do this at first the reasons that i was given by people in various eating channels was you know what oh well there's a blog there's a there's a press release go read the reason that block one gave which is they want to support decentralized governance and decentralized ways of choosing leaders or something like that which does not fit at all with my reality of what i think block one is and what i think drives their behavior and this reality of mine that I have of Block One is, you know, has evolved over many, many years and many interactions and many discussions with many community members that have corroborated my, what the way I interpret, uh, you know, Block One and their intentions. And so, you know, from what I've heard, uh, Brendan Bloomer uh, 
manages his companies with an iron fist, as in like he has to sign off on a lot of decisions, doesn't really trust his team to make decisions without him. And so very centralized and authoritative. And then suddenly he's just like now a fan of decentralized governance and wants to donate to Eden, something that Block One could have done, could have done for a long time because Eden's been up for a long time now. Why now? And so those reasons never really made sense to me. Um, and the reasons that Trimbot explains makes a lot of sense to me and really fits with my reality, you know, my understanding of reality and how, why certain actors do certain things and behaviors are driven by incentives. I think that's why a lot of us are in blockchain because, uh, because you know, blockchain does provide, you know, incentives that you can see on chain and you can see the actions. And, and so to me, that never really made sense, but the incentives that, you know, directs the behavior according to the opinion from Trimbot, to me, that makes sense and feels like feels plausible and likely. And so Stephanie, I just want to jump back in here quickly um, and say that to the Helios people, if you're listening or not listening, I wanted to be clear that I'm not accusing you guys of any wrongdoing. And I don't think that you guys have bad intentions either. I think you look at this very pragmatically and look at it as we have an opportunity to get some money from block one and something is better than nothing. And by accepting some money from block one, we don't nullify any future legal action. That's what I assume the vantage point is inside of Helios. Um, when it comes to this matter. But I think what was is very revealing is the timing of when Block One made the transfer of funds. It indicates quite clearly to me that the, their, their incentive for following through, maybe they said a year ago, we're going to make this payment. I don't know when the negotiation started. It's very likely the negotiation started well before the class action was, re- the settlement was rejected. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that it was a, a reactionary move by Helios. I'm saying the, the fact that Block One decided to go through with it just five days after the settlement was rejected, or at least make the transfer that would later go through with it, that is very revealing of why Block One agreed to it. And it suggests to me that this is not a company making a financial donation out of the good of their hearts. That would be an enormous pivot for both Block One and companies around the world to suddenly start caring about doing what's right. Rather than acting out of self-interest, their number one responsibility as a company is to their own shareholders. And so I think it's very unlikely that this was done out of generosity. Stefan, I'm here if you'd like me to respond. Otherwise, carry on. Uh, Anyone's free to jump in and share whatever they want um, at any time. Uh, You know, I I, I guess I want to echo a lot of what Trimbot said in terms of, you know, I don't blame the the Eden people for going out and trying to get more funds for Eden. I, you know, that makes sense to me for sure. But there's a difference of, in my opinion, like, hey, we were able to rip some money out of Block One's hands that we'll use for the benefit of EOS. And saying that Block One has not, has has been an ally to EOS in the past or is an ally to EOS now. If someone believes that, in my opinion, you know, they they don't they have a vastly different understanding of reality than me. And I can't have someone like that that doesn't share the beliefs that Block One has behaved unethically towards the EOS community and has actively harmed the EOS community in the past. If if we can't agree that in the past, you know, that if we can't agree on that in the past, then I can't 
I can't vote for a person to represent me like that, you know, in the Eden, uh, Eden community. But I can definitely see that there's a wide range of opinions, a lot of nuance, and there's going to be a, a whole spectrum of opinions that are going to be expressed over the next few weeks in this chat, in the chats on Telegram, on Discord, and then in the election on January 9th. I think the results of the election in January um, are going to be uh, very interesting. I'm going to be in there. I'm going to be, you know, sharing my perspective. And I, I expect, you know, a lot of other Eden members are going to be out there as well. And if you don't agree with my perspective, doesn't mean I don't respect you. Doesn't mean I don't like you. I am totally fine being friends with people that don't believe the same things as me. I have a unique set of beliefs, I guess, that isn't matched by a lot of people in its entirety. You know, and I have a lot of friends that believe all sorts of all sorts of crazy things, and I'm fine. You know, and that's not a problem for me. So just want to put that out there as well. Well, I hope we can hear from Max. I'd actually respond to you, Trimbot, since you've mentioned Helios a few times. Um, you said that Helios is being used at the detriment of the community. Um, I don't see how we could possibly be used when we were the ones, well, Briss as an Eden member reached out to Block One. So with regards to all aspects and speculation upon timing, it was when we reached out to them, the agreement on the concept was pretty much straight away. And then the process of organizing the transfer was then put in place. There was no question of, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? It wasn't, it wasn't put in a certain time frame for a particular reason. It was just when we made contact, that's when things were agreed upon. And then that's when they got put into motion. It, coincidentally, there might be some correlation which you've aligned, which is fine. But that's not a decision that we made. We reached out to them at that time. And that's when it started happening. If that coincided with something else, fine. Um, so I'll keep going. I'm not sure. Actually, can I just say one point real quickly? No, no, no I'm going to give you. You've talked twice now, so I'll go okay. then I'll let you respond fully at the end. So the next point was that this was done at the detriment of the community. Well, so far the Eden community has voted on a poll, and they all agree that it is not at all to their detriment. They've all agreed that it is a positive thing to have either continue working with V1 or to accept these funds. Um, with no strings attached. So there has been absolutely no obligation from Block One on how we spend these funds as a community. The chief delegates rotate every three months. And as Stefan just said, the more members that join Eden and vote with their opinion, brilliant, and then we can have a, a fair consensus mechanism to determine how these funds are going to be spent for the community. Now you mentioned that it's better to get funds from B1 as it doesn't prevent any entity suing B1 yeah, I completely agree, so I can't see a negative there. Um, you mentioned that you don't know when, and a lot of what you've put in your post is speculation, which is, is fine. I, I think it's important for people to discuss things that they're passionate about. As an ex-lawyer, I'm sure this topic is very interesting for you. Uh, but I do appreciate how you have also mentioned that you're not personally attacking the Helios team or, or members of Eden. Um, and I think it's important for people in the community to start being more passionate about Eden. And if 500,000 EOS donated to the community starts that conversation, then fine. Um, go ahead. Great. So I just wanted to reply to your first two points, because that's sort of where the contentious issue lies. Um, I think that there, maybe I misspoke or maybe you misunderstood what my point was. And that's, I don't believe that Helios did this out of a reaction to a CIS block one. I wanted to make that very, very clear. 
I believe that Block One promised the Helios long before they made the financial transfer that they were going to follow through with it. Block One has a long history of making promises and stringing people along and then saying something's changed. And so I wouldn't be surprised if back in January of 2022, Block One said, yeah, no problem, we'll do this. It's just going to take some time for legal to sort through it and so on and so forth. But it's a real coincidence that Block One didn't actually make the transfer until immediately after their class action settlement was rejected. I really have a hard time believing that was a coincidence of when they decided to authorize the transaction. Maybe they agreed in principle with Helios long before that date. But that's really the contentious issue, which suggests to me that Block One's intention for following through with it was because of the class action settlement being rejected. It makes me wonder, had that class action settlement been accepted, would they have even gone through with this? It's very likely that they would have told Helios, yes, we're going to follow through with this, but would they have actually? I think that anyone who has ever experienced communicating with Block One can tell you a story about a time they were strung along by Block One and Block One didn't follow through. So that was really the first point I wanted to make. The second point was what you brought up in regards to the eating community voted this doesn't act to the detriment of EOS. Again, accepting the donation is not to the detriment of EOS. Accepting the donation is something that I support, and I think really anyone in the right mind would support if somebody offers you money for free with no quid pro quo, you would take that money, especially if you felt that that person offering you money is a bad actor and someone who you want to extract funds from. The part that I said was to the detriment of the EOS community is trying to get people to rally around this idea that Block One is back, to get people to go out of their way and say, thank you, Block One, to give them the positive PR that they're looking for, because that disproportionately benefits Block One in a way that hampers the EOS community. If you believe that the EOS community was wronged at the very least, if you don't believe the EOS community was wrong, then you probably don't see anything wrong with it. That's really all I wanted to bring up. So... At no point were we promoting B1, but we were promoting the fact that on Eden as chief delegates, that Eden had received funds. So that's important for Eden. We have this now great potential. We have no risk of not receiving funds uh, for a short period of time, so we can do whatever we like. Uh, yeah. So at no point are we trying to support Block 1. All we're doing is amplifying the concept that not even a concept anymore. There is no coming soon in this circumstance. There's no soon trademark. It's happened. I think that's an important thing to note as well. That in the past, yeah, we may have seen delays and, and things that didn't quite come into fruition as we would have hoped with regards to Block One's decisions. So in this circumstance, they have materialized. In, in From what I've seen so far, working or communicating with B1 has been nothing but positive because they followed through with their decision. So. I, I don't see the purpose in burning a bridge when you can you know, build a relationship, keep something going, the community can benefit from that. And well, actually, if there is a lawsuit, then what happens is you still get the same amount you'd be getting if you didn't have money coming from them right now. Well, actually, can you tell us when the negotiations with Block One started and when they agreed to the transfer, when you believed that it was going to follow through and so on and so forth, just because you seem to have additional context that you think is relevant that I may be missing? And so I'd love if you can share that. Sorry. I missed the last bit there. I cut you off. I just said I'd love if you can share it. I I don't have any additional context. I don't think than what's already been put in the blogs. Um, I'm not sure on the official date of when the communication happened with B1. That wasn't myself. Fair 
that's fair enough. But do you understand at least why it it it, it really looks suspicious? Not not through the lens of Helios supported this. Ignore the Helios side of things. Just the fact that Block One made this transfer immediately after this class action settlement was rejected. Does like doesn't that you know seem a bit suspicious to you? Especially considering they stopped maintaining the code originally when they initially settled the like put two and two together, and it's sort of like it's really a no brainer what's happening here or an incredibly rare coincidence. Well, I can see why you came to the conclusion you have, but from the way I see it, we reached out to them and the communication continued on from that point. So the, the correlation to time has nothing to do with anything else from the interactions that we've had with them. Waxa, was this the first time you reached out to Block One asking for something? Um, I personally didn't reach out to them, but um, yes, I believe so. Right, so I've got a few few rebuttals on a few of your points, Waxa. But first, I want to uh, thank Waxa and Trimbot for staying so civil and professional and organized during this debate. I wish our nationally elected government officials would have debates like this. Um, but uh, so a few few points actually. There, Trimbot uh, touched on most of these, but you know, you mentioned that. Block one agreed on the concept right away. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I've had it. I've experienced it. I've heard from a lot of people. Oh, yeah, block one strung me along. Oh, yeah, they said funding was coming. Funding never came, blah, blah, blah. So the fact that block one agreed on a concept right away without signing anything or doing a transaction on chain means absolutely zero, in my opinion, from my understanding of reality. You mentioned a voted on a Telegram poll. This poll has uh, 40, 50 votes, and it, there's no way to know if people outside of Eden voted on this poll or not. So in my opinion, that cannot be used as any proof or indication of sentiment among Eden members uh, on this topic. Uh, I would love to see better polling options for Eden members. Uh, I'm sure some people are probably working on something like that right now, where every Eden member has a one vote that they can do and this can be done on chain that would have a lot of legitimacy in my eyes and i think you know really we're going to find out on january 7 where people lie on the spectrum of all these opinions and i hope for you guys out there that are listening right now if you're not part of eden join in it's very cheap right now prices might go up soon but right now it's three dollars to join eden so uh three dollars a few minutes of your time get on camera say your name say that you're gonna follow the rules of the community and then you can you know join on january 7 and vote and have your view expressed right um so i think that's important and then uh two other comments you made uh you know you people highlight the fact that hey this donation is no strings attached from block one i mean if there were any strings attached, this donation would be the most hated thing, you know, of all the community, no, no doubt about it. So the fact that there's no strings attached is not like a selling point. That's the bare, really bare minimum required for such a thing to, to be even proposed, in my opinion. And you say no purpose on burning bridges in regarding to, hey, let's make sure B1 keeps donating value and assets to the EOS community, to the Eden community, because it does benefit EOS and Eden, and I agree that, that there is some benefit there. But in my opinion, that bridge is there, regardless if we're nice or not to Block 1, because Block 1 is scared. This is the first time that I feel like Block 1 is scared, and, you know, Sam Bankman fried is in jail right now. The US government is looking deeply into crypto frauds. In my opinion, 
the block one ICO was very sketchy and there's definitely a lot that can be looked into. So I think that, you know, the reasonings that Trimbot laid out in his article, that seems likely to me, that seems plausible to me. And so I don't think it matters how nice we are with block one in terms of is block one going to, if they plan on donating more in the future, I don't think it matters what we say on Telegram, you know, or in these Eden calls, really. I think like Trimbot says, maybe they have a budget already, they've got a plan or this was a one-time thing. Although if it was a one-time thing, it's very weird and I don't understand the, the strategy behind that. Um, There's but, no way uh, it's a one-time thing. But but either way, thanks, Waxa, for coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and sharing your opinion. And, you know, I've got nothing against you and actually respect you for, for, for jumping on the mic here and, uh, yeah, being very professional about it. Yeah, I wanna I wanna echo that. Thanks for the very civil conversation. That was excellent. When I've been reading Telegram over the last two weeks or week and a half or so, this conversation is exactly how I pictured it in my head playing out if it was actually spoken and not in the Telegram chats. Yeah, I think Telegram is a little bit vitriolic. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, of course. Telegram's been insane the last week and a half but it's exciting it is i'm i'm i I think eden is uh the next election is going to be exciting i hope to see um i think we'll see the most participation we've seen since the first eden election i'm not sure if it'll um be more people participating than the first one but i believe it will be higher participation than any of them since Definitely. It it should be. The I mean Stefan started right off with the correct commentary that he's gonna get involved. And if I'll just say that you can't impact any of this because individually no one in here likely has any effect on the lawsuit, whether or not it will go through or anything about it. So how can you if impact any of this? Be it that Eden election. Join Eden, get involved because Look at look at the highest donation on the Pomelo pitches. I mean, it's there's reason behind that. Not contribu- you know, the contributions, not the estimated match. You you want to get involved with that, or you're just going to be bitching about it in Telegram and Discord, and things are just going to happen to you. And with this amount of money, like your votes matter a fair amount. In even in in round one, so I don't know. There's talk about lowering the percentage of this distribution right now. It's fifteen percent a month. Maybe that's too high with such a large treasury. Maybe it goes down to eight percent. Maybe five. I don't know. Who knows exactly? I think the the current CDs are talking about that right now. But it's still going to be a couple thousand EOS, I think, from my rough math. Um, you know, at least for all level level one uh, uh, elected representatives. So that's. You know, that's a full-time salary in many, 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 many cities around the world. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the, the increased turnout. And, and if you want to voice your opinion on, you know, on everything that's going on here in the EOS ecosystem with Block One and Eden and the donation and all that, um, your vote matters joining that ecosystem. You can directly decide which person in your random group of four or five or six people is going to get thousands of EOS to further you know, the cause that they believe in. So, yeah. It's not just that. Look at that Pomelo pitch. 
there's potential for a lot more than some pennies added to your account. There's a reason that Pomelo pitch is doing so well. And I would I would guess at what could happen to Eden if if block one were interested in them, right? Well, I actually I when I was doing my donations yesterday, I, I removed a few donations that I may have donated to before that are like focused on building Eden, you know, specific tech. Cause I figure Eden has that budget now. And, and I hope that these devs that want to build all these stuff on Eden show up at the election, get elected, get the funds needed to, to build out uh, those tools. So I, I think it's very nice that there's now a pool of funds in my, the way I see things, right. That can be allocated to those Eden dev uh, costs. And then the Pomelo can use their funds to support other types of, of, of grants and stuff that are less likely to be supported uh, in, and then there's just more diversity of funding, which I think is, is great for the ecosystem. Absolutely. Even without block one, let's say, let's say the SPAC fails and a lawsuit goes on and block one says, you know what, I'm going to take my ball and go home and we'll fight it out in court. See it. Don't want to be involved at all. It's very likely that Eden has other tokens come in their way. So even without 80 or 90 million EOS from block one, it's Eden will be something important to evolve it. That's the only reason I've been harping the past few weeks on get involved with Eden, make it better than it is, quit bitching about it, or you'll just get steamrolled by it. So it's, it's really in everyone's hands and interest to make it what they want it to be. If you're not in Eden right now and you consider yourself, you know, as part of the community, you can you can definitely bet that whoever, you know, wins on January 7th, the Eden elections are going to say that they represent the voice of the community. You know, it's not the entire community. It's a part of it. I don't know how many people are going to show up. I think last elections it was like 75 or something like that. You know, if it's only 75 people showing up. You don't really have a right to say that you represent the EOS community, in my opinion. Probably gonna get more than that this time. If it's 150, you know they have a more legitimate claim on that. So, you know, make sure your voice is heard. Whatever, whatever your interpretation of reality and the, you know, the recent donation, get in there, make your voice heard, put your vote. Uh, representation of the community. Like one of the things we've said and repeated is for Eden to represent the community there needs to be multiple edens uh, representing different language groups so that they could reach consensus amongst uh, their groups as well and going back to the summer late summer we as dnf had created um i guess small group chats with the leadership within like eden korea and eden china because they were the two furthest along as far as deploying their own edens and the ENF had made uh, commitments to them to uh, donate um, in a non-insignificant sum to their treasuries in, at the tune of a similar number to what uh, the original Eden got last year, denominated in EOS. Um, and the requirements from them were to essentially run a test election, uh, multi-sig uh, their keys, and basically uh, get themselves prepared uh, for a, a, a real election with real real uh, value at stake. Um, those conversations have 
kind of gone cold. So the most recent messages in either of those groups were early October, late September. So one of the things that did come out of um, this recent donation and that I do appreciate uh, was Chris Barnes did say that he will be using the majority of his uh, extra funds to help stand up uh, those uh, other Edens. So I do appreciate that. I think that's a huge, huge step in the right direction. Because if we do want this Eden experiment to play a bigger role in the EOS ecosystem, which the ENF has always stated was something that, that we, we stood behind and, and wanted to support, um, this is the right way to go about it. The more uh, Edens, the more participants across all of them, uh, the better it will be and the more uh, representative, the the better it'll be a better representation of the eos community than it is today right now it represents a very small subset as far as the active people currently uh, a small subset of let's say a subset i won't even say small of the eos community that's gen mostly speaks english in the in the west and europe and north and south america uh whereas th there's a lot of other uh large uh token holders large communities that aren't being represented and i think the uh standing up more Edens, if that's uh, one of the benefits that comes out of this donation, then I, I would say that that's a positive. I, I don't think anyone will argue that the, that having extra money for Eden is a bad thing. Um, I, I kind of uh, align with what Trim said about the, the, I don't know, being overly gracious and thankful over it. I think what was kind of what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but genuine, um, Generally speaking, the, the donation I, I see as being a positive. I, I think uh, this next election, I'm really excited for it. I will be campaigning for the first time in all of the previous elections. I had only basically bowed out in the first round. Uh, Mel Purse could speak to that. I remember uh, my group wanted me to move along in the first election, and I refused to go forward. But uh, in this particular one, January 7th, I will be uh, campaigning and hopefully making it all the way to the end for a board seat. A bit late on the sound effects. Well, this has been a very inspiring discussion, and I'd like to share a couple of thoughts about it too. This is Dancing Joy again. First off, I'll add, uh, well, um, Zach, that's awesome. So I uh, really appreciate your support with the ENF for Eden and practical governance. And I think that's really cool that you're running to be a chief delegate too. So I'm um, really excited about that. And I hope you become a chief delegate. I'm a huge fan of your work, obviously. And we haven't spoken as much as we used to back on the DAP calls, but um, I'll, I'll definitely be rooting for you in the upcoming election. And uh, I'm happy to hear that. And then um, I'll, I'll also add too. So I, I'm very inspired by this discussion um and i appreciate the thoughtful um and, and civil conversations it's really interesting to hear what everybody thinks um and i'd like to also take a moment to reflect on this conversation offer an opportunity to refocus our attention in a way that i think is more helpful for the community and everyone in general um i was actually writing out a little message to stefan that i'll plan on sending um later and just just with some more thoughts but i'll keep it brief here so we've been talking for uh block one and the donation and Court case and all sorts of things now for now, I think over a half hour or so. 
And um, before I, I know I had a lot, uh, I know I had three announcements before, which is a lot to share at once. Um, but the last announcement and the second announcement that I wanted to share, and all three of them really, because they're all about the same kind of thing. These are genuine innovations um, that several like amazingly talented builders in the EOS community have been working on for months and greatly help people cooperate and solve a lot of the problems that um, are caused that will solve a lot of problems in the world and also are at the root of like the problems with uh, block one, the EOS community that happened over the past years and so forth. So they're uh, super, super helpful innovations. And I felt like I was kind of rushed. Maybe I didn't go bad in the best way. Maybe I should have reached out to Savan in advance before I spoke. Um, but I felt like I was kind of rushed. I only got like maybe five or six minutes to speak totally. And I know it's kind of out of nowhere and I got a timer on, on there and I was, I wasn't able to share the third announcement. I only got to share the first two announcements, really. Um, and there wasn't much discussion about it. wasn't much engagement about it, even though it's like it's a really, really profoundly helpful innovation. What this is with Eden Plus Fractal and also the Valendez and the new moderation system. These are things that can really help communities cooperate. Stefan mentioned a couple minutes ago that it'd be really helpful or something along the lines of a tool to help measure the opinions of the Eden community and how the Telegram poll isn't the best measure of consensus to see uh, who cares because that's obviously open to civil attack and um there's lots of other problems too in many ways one person one vote isn't the best if it's not done in a fractal manner uh if it's just like a random like uh you know everything vote in one poll so the eden fractal community is pioneering uh solutions to this with and the eden plus fractal process that i released a new interview about with das and then also the new uh proposal that uh das created today for a moderation system and uh and a a proposal to optimize the hour after breakout rooms after the Eden Plus Factor process. So I wanted to just bring that up and just share my thoughts about that. I think that this is an important and helpful thing for the EOS community to discuss and um, and think about. Um, and, and so I'd ask everybody to think about it. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in these discussions with Blockcoin. I'm interested to hear what everybody thinks and I, and I see and understand a lot of the perspectives. Personally, I'm here to build. Um, I'm here to innovate and create really helpful things. Um, I understand there there are a lot of good reasons to discuss block one, but I feel like we've been discussing block one and the past and some things that are to some extent out of our control um, for a while. And meanwhile, um, there's innovations that we're not paying as much attention to as we could be. And so we want to keep focusing on the past or we want to foster a culture of innovation and discuss things that are uh, that we can create in cooperative processes and fun content and consensus games. And so... I'm here to do the second, mostly. I'm interested in the first discussion somewhat, but uh, I'm really excited about what we can build with EOS. And EOS is an incredibly helpful tool, and there's many amazing people in the EOS community who are doing super, super helpful work for both everybody in EOS and the world as a whole. And so um, I'd ask that people uh, focus on building awesome things together. Thank you. Good good, good speech, Dan. Um, let me clear up a few things regarding the fireside schedule, Joe Louis here. Uh, you know, saying in the chat that the detour into the Eden Fractal was unexpected. Uh, you know, the agenda is a suggestion, doesn't have to be followed rig rigorously. However, we do often try, oftentimes try to get, you know, guests on the show to talk about their projects. And sometimes these guests do have time constraints. So I try to take that into the consideration when I'm building the schedule, make sure the guests are on time, etc. So for like Dan, when you jumped in there earlier, we were about to go to Rhett. He was like on deck, ready to go. And then, um, so that's kind of why sometimes I like to follow the schedule. There's always the open mic community section at the end of the show. So uh, if, uh, you know, if you can wait for that section of the show, then maybe you won't get, uh, you won't get the hurry up 
sound effect played when you talk. Um, and if you want, if, if there's something that you want to, you know, talk about on the show, you can always reach out to us, to me before the show during the week. Hey, can I have a 10 minutes to talk about this topic or whatever it is? And then we can, we can see uh, where it fits in the schedule. But either way, you know, during the community open mic section, that's always open to anyone for them to, to share their share their projects and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cut off people at that point if if people get bored and we lose our uh, our retention rate and people can just leave the show at that point you know so i feel like uh oftentimes people join for a lot of the topics that are highlighted you know in on the agenda so i that's kind of why i like to get to those uh first but uh, either way dan you know appreciate you jumping in and sharing your thoughts for sure uh, actually, Thanks, and then one point of your uh, speech there that I wanted to uh, disagree with is that you say that, you know, talking about block one is things that are out of our control and why waste time on things we can't control. And I agree with that sentiment of, you know, don't worry about things you can't control because there's just there's there's no point. It's just worry and there's no upside. However, the situation with block one, we do we can control and we do have impact for sure, a lot of impact. So, you know, the fact that anyone related to any company from uh block one and, and boomer has to go full, you know, restrictive comments on Twitter because if they tweet about any projects related, they get you know the horde of the EOS community reminding everyone what where that money came from that you used to build those products. That's very helpful to the EOS community, in my opinion. So it's definitely not completely out of our control and you know staying on top of the fact that hey we think block one uh, uh did us wrong and they owe us a lot more than five hundred thousand eos i think is very important um and, and you know that's going to be part of my i don't know proposal or belief system going into eden um but anyways so th that was just the one thing i wanted to uh, to point out there from your speech well, thank you very much uh, for the perspective and for sharing that as well. Um, so yeah, we can talk about those details at another time, and, um, uh, I, and, and I appreciate your perspective. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to briefly respond also to what you're saying with the timing. So yeah, sorry, uh, I normally wait until the end if I want to give a speech, but it seemed like there was a good opportunity being that we just talked about Pomelo. Um, so that's why it seemed like there was a good lead-in. So that's why I jumped in there rather than jumping in later. But I appreciate that you want to stick to the schedule too. Um, so in the future... I'll reach out to you in advance if I want to share any big announcements. And um, thanks for uh, clarifying that. Yeah, you guys can reach out to me on, on Discord or, or Telegram while the show's going on. I'm likely going to see those messages and then we can we can coordinate there as well. Okay, sounds great. And yeah, sorry if I did go too long and held up Brett or anything like that. I apologize if I did no, that. No, it's, but, it's um, all good. I hate, I hate cutting off people, but I think sometimes it has to be done for the greater good, but I hate doing it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off right now. There you go. Hello. <laughs> um, so I just posted in the chat here, there's a new learn portal. Uh, it just launched basically today. Um, this is the start of the video courses, learn and earn. Uh, you heard it here first. We haven't even posted about it anywhere else yet. And this is really not only intended for ENF internal, as you can see, there's a lot of courses, which are also legacy. Uh, but a lot of this stuff is meant for people within the community to come on and try to, uh, bring light to their own things that they're creating, content creators. Uh, so if you have educational material that you're wanting to create, now's the time. We will help evangelize you as you help evangelize the network.
Great. Thanks, Nathan, for jumping on. Any any thoughts about the rest of the conversation that's been going on that you'd like to share with the community? It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, I think you guys all know I come from a very specific place with Block One. Uh, I'm trying to stay a little no, bit. I don't know. I don't know. Can you maybe explain that place of yours with Block One? Um, I mean, Block One strung us along, us being Scatter, uh, strung us along for quite a long time. Um, and it wasn't great conversations that we end up having. Uh, I don't want to see it happen again. I don't like not learning from my past. And I think we just need to be careful. I don't really want to go into any more detail on that. That's cool. That's good enough. One, uh, one of my first reactions, emotional reactions, when I heard this news, I don't know with who I shared it, but I was like, feels like an, an abusive partner that I got rid of suddenly just sends me a rose by mail. And it's like, why? Why are you doing this? What's going on? Like, I thought we were done. We were moved on. We accepted whatever it is that happened. And then they're like, you know, just why? Why are they doing this? That was my emo first emotional reaction. I, I had thousands of conversations at physical events over the last couple of months. And overwhelmingly, like, when, when explaining to people the narrative, like, it, it was a good thing to where we were at. Like, we weren't talking about block one anymore. We had moved on. We had gone our separate ways. And we had come to terms that the, uh, the network needed to go on its own path. And that's the path that we had been on since last December. So it, it definitely came as a shock to me as well. Um, we'll see what happens next, but I, I share your sentiments. Yeah, I, I very much had the same feeling. It's very divisive. I'll just throw another log on the fire of Genesis involvement since even before launch, actually, and like most a lot of you guys probably but i've never heard a different story than what nathan and zach mentioned numerous times what stefan says in the chat here that they didn't even agree to talk to him i i mean i was deeply involved with conversations with the pve um while they were trying to get power up running and other initiatives and that was like one of the saddest things to see that um, the relate them getting involved with block one took that group of great people out of the ecosystem. Like they couldn't, they just couldn't be involved with EOS anymore because of how difficult their involvement at block one was trying to get something across the line. Um, so I'll just one last time reiterate, even if you think they're going to be gone and uninvolved, which they may very well be, that might be their future. Um, Eden, is likely to be an important player at some point because other people are interested in it for any number of reasons. Um, a, a lot of the foreign communities don't seem to have as close an understanding as the native English speaking communities when it comes to um, why is Brendan such a, a, a 
challenging conversation in the in the Western groups. Why is Dan Larimer such a, a challenging uh, personality for the Western people in the EOS chat groups? I I've thought about it a lot. Why why are they such fans in a lot of these um, foreign groups of these people? It seems so clear cut for us, but I, I can only assume it's it's something um, lost in translation over the years. So while we're all in here with maybe 50 or 60 people and we're like, yeah, this was our experience too. There's large portions of the community that, that don't understand that experience. And so they're, they're pushing in different directions and they're, they'll be part of Eden too. So that's, you just need to bring bodies to Eden if you want to be involved in the future, I think. It's not, this isn't like some doom saying thing, like you better do this or something bad's happening. I'm just saying you don't want to be having things happen to you because you think everyone's on board with your perspective when we're 50 people in this group. Let's see. Uh, let's see some ones in the chat. If you're already in Eden, let's see some zeros. If you're not, and you don't plan on joining and let's see a plus if you're not in yet, but you want to get in there before January 7th, a lot of ones, couple pluses, love seeing those pluses. Uh, I mean, not exactly the most unbiased sample of the EOS community we have here with all the OG regs of the EOS fireside. So I'm not uh, not really surprised by these results. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get a good turnout on January 7th. Like for reference, the I, I was gone two days and I looked at the the EOS main group, as we call it, which is other people call it the global global group. And I missed in two days, I missed like 700 messages. And it was after Trimbot's um, medium post or Substack post and Eve retweeting it. Uh, 750, I think, combined between EOS and the Eden on EOS group, maybe a thousand at best. And in two of the Asian groups that I was kind of referencing with my past comment that don't necessarily understand our um, discontent with previous founders had multiples of those messages like you can't imagine that we're the western eos groups are the uh core of the community maybe maybe for a moment but i think it's important to keep that in mind so to address some of that you're like we all i think know what and understand what you said um, the ENF, so we've always had um, ENF China. We have a trusted partner called DBoost. We have a similar relationship to them as we do um, with Zaisan for the conferences. DBoost is a trusted partner that represents the ENF in China. Myra Wang, uh, OG in EOS, she's kind of the CEO of it and has a team of over 10 people working full time in EOS. Um, but they're not necessarily internal to the ENF. Um, we just hired our um, community lead, community manager for uh, the Chinese community. Uh, she started on Monday. Many of you may already know her. Uh, her name is Beatrice Wang. Uh, she's been with Start EOS for the last three years or so. She stepped down from that position to join the ENF. Um, one of her top initiatives with the ENF will be to organize uh, the block producers and coordinates regular, the initial plan is monthly summits with the block producers. 
uh, going all out on the internationalization of these meetings, meaning um, either audio in real time in everyone's ears in their native language and or um, native best-in-class uh, subtitles at the bottom using AI to translate everything in their language, monthly updates on everything that the ENF has been doing, what's going on in the EOS community. We will be inviting um, community leaders from outside of the EO, uh, ENF, obviously, um, teams leading things such as, let's say, Palmelo or any of the working groups. And every month we will coordinate uh, these summits uh, it'll be open to questions and answers, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh, She just started on Monday. It's going to take a little bit of time to prepare, um, but I'm really excited to share that information and that news. Sweet. More EOS events and content. All right, we talk about a couple other quick topics before uh, calling it a night. We're already above the two hour mark. What else do we have here? We've got a poker tournament coming up this weekend. So we're organizing our the second community, the second edition of the EOS community poker tournament going on this uh, Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, let me get some promo materials for you guys here. Share in the chat. Um, there's a little sign-up form for everyone to go fill out, and then uh, you send me a message on Discord, and that's how you get to play. So buy-in is free. There's no cost. All you got to do is uh, have an EOS account, join the Discord server, and then uh, send me a PM, and then I'll be sending out the tournament link and personal invite code for everyone uh, in the two hours leading up to the tournament on Sunday. So there's 500 EOS to be one that you cannot keep, unfortunately, but you can donate to a grant. This is outside of the matching pool, just a straight old classic donation uh, to a public good on EOS. So if you're a grant creator, you can definitely get in there and try to win some EOS to donate to your grant. Um, there's also a bunch of NFTs. Everyone who participates will get pop tokens, tons of party crackers, tons of new NFTs we're doing for the community, promos, uh, Pomelo astronauts, all sorts of good stuff. And uh, yeah, overall, it's, uh, it's a pretty good time. I think I may be able to play this time around. Excited about that. Tournament's going to last about two hours uh, or so, uh, depending on how many people show up, of course. But uh, yeah, so... Send me a PM on Discord. That's basically uh, the first step to get in here uh, or fill out the uh, the sign-up form as well, which explains uh, the sign-up. So there's um, you can play from any device, any you know, mobile, desktop, Windows, Apple, whatever it is. 
pokernow.club. Very easy to create a free account from any of these devices and jump in. You can hang out with us on voice chat if you want. If you're a trash talk, your fellow EOS community members as you bluff them or bluff catch them, highly, highly encouraged. Or you can just be playing on your phone there uh, while uh, doing whatever it is you, you do on Sundays. Uh, that's fine too. Um, yes, and then other than that, there's another community promotion EOS holiday giveaway that was announced this morning uh, on the ENF's Twitter account. Let me find that link. So uh, we're helping ENF run this promo, kind of combining a lot of the EOS dApps that exist out there into a fun little promo, giving away 1,500 EOS worth of prizes on top of all these cool NFTs that are custom made for this contest. Uh, we got prizes. Uh, we got prizes and surprises for you guys is the prizes there's there's three weeks of contests um prizes get better every week and so yeah just follow the uh eos network foundation twitter account um for more details and to join that contest yeah let me share the link here to the poker club pokernow.club is the platform we use. All right, if uh, anyone has anything they want to share, community open mic, it's kind of been already community open mic for a while, just making it official. Uh, get in there, uh, share your updates, ask your questions, share your thoughts. There's obviously, I would love to hear from more people on what they think, even if it's to echo some sentiments from people or if it's to add a nuanced perspective or something you disagree with, something we said. Uh, Get in there, share your opinion with the community. Hey, this is uh, this is Andrew Drew Buck. Um, I Buck just uh, uh, all right now. You're a bit giving off a bit of a robot vibe. Okay, well, I'll just say donate to Pomelo. I'll see there if you I go. can figure out my robot issues here. Donate to Pomelo only, what is it, 12, 15, uh, 17 hours or so? I don't know, 19 hours? I should just check the Pomelo website. It tells me right there how many hours left. No, I don't see the countdown. Anyways. Over 12 hours left, not long. Get in there, donate. Um, realize that you know these matching amounts that you see here is going to change uh, potentially significantly, potentially not. I don't know. I'm not part of the team that does the cyber analysis. Uh, but um, yeah, good luck to everyone on Pomelo. I just want to check real quick, am I still a robot? Okay. Definitely a robot on low battery right now. Okay. Hey, Stefan, do you still do you mind a B one question? Uh, I don't know if Trim Bot is still around. Is that okay? Go for it. For sure, it's okay. We'll see who's around. We'll see who wants to answer. Trim, uh, Trim, Trim Bot, are you around? I really wanted to uh, just ask him, um, he used the word detriment a lot. And it's still unclear to me kind of what the detriment is. You know, I guess from my own perspective, 
I'm wondering if there's value. Uh, the, the community, uh, you know, as we have it here, um, is very diverse, and there's a lot of different personalities. And what's the detriment? What's the downside of having a good cop, bad cop relationship with uh, B1? You know, I mean, the lawsuit Trimbot has already said that a half million dollar donation to Eden is not going to change the trajectory of a lawsuit worth billions and millions of dollars. And there's a lot of speculation that happened, you know, or, or there's a lot of speculation in his article. Um, a lot of it is, I think, fair. I mean, it's kind of uh, people naturally will find patterns in things. And a lot of it, you know, sort of strikes me personally as sort of the the natural tendency for people to find patterns. And that's how conspiracies, theories come about, right? It's a lot of us is just kind of guessing and, and finding um, sort of coincidences and things. We don't know. Um, and so uh, in that case, like what if there's a group of people in the community that continues to, you know, receive money from B1? Some might call it, um, extracting, some might call it, you know, um, just receiving the money and, and being able to do good things with it. Zach was, you know, very frank and saying there's a positive and some people just are naturally going to say thank you to something that is positive, but, but might, but that might have a sort of a, um, a more, uh, complex past to it, you know, but, um, and some people would, would see that money and, and disagree with it. And, and they might see it as, you know, be one trying to leverage something or trying to um, sneak something by the community. But in either case, like what's, what's the harm, I guess, in some members of the community having a relationship with B1 and getting money that we know at the end, in either case is going to benefit EOS as a whole, you know? So if we're not undermining a lawsuit that could possibly pump billions of dollars into the ecosystem, um, that's moving forward. Nevertheless, regardless, um, then kind of, I'm still trying to, I'm scratching my head and trying to understand what the judgment is. You know? Yeah. So I'm back on my, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, I think I caught what you said. I may have missed parts of it. So I apologize if this doesn't totally answer your question, but just so I, I, I understand what your question is, your question was essentially, what is the downside to sort of accepting the funds um, I don't think there's a downside to accepting the funds, but if your question is what is the downside to sort of like um, welcoming Block One back, sort of saying thank you, giving them the sort of positive PR and taking our foot off the brake per se in terms of pressuring them to uh, uphold their commitments, that benefits Block One for two or three different reasons. So one of the reasons it benefits Block One is because realistically, there's a court of law, but there's also a court of public opinion, and both of them are very influential. The court of public opinion does, regardless of what people will tell you, it does impact the court of law and vice versa. And so essentially, if you put your foot off the gas, you give them breathing room. You make it easier for them to follow through with things that benefit them but hurt you. So for example, uh, completing what I believe is, in a sense, laundering the money through bullish. Um, you give them the ability to sort of like normalize what they are as a company and the opportunity to sort of just sort of say like, we didn't do anything wrong. It's almost as if like, if you look at like Jeff Epstein, for example, and, and, and I know this sounds like a crazy conspiracy. I don't want to get into a crazy conspiracy. But my point being the public pressure on the authorities to reprimand Jeffrey Epstein was immense. His crimes were known for a really long time. It was in the public. 
but there wasn't really the motivation and momentum behind it. And that motivation and momentum behind it is a big deal. Second, I hope that this res- this situation is resolved amicably. I mean, if it comes, if if somebody made did something illegal and criminal and winds up in jail, that's horrible for for them. But it's probably justice. But absent that, I think it's better for everyone involved that there's a real settlement reach rather than following through with legal action. Legal action is a really long time. It's really expensive. It's really, you know, draining. And there's a lot of ways to sort of circumvent the process and to make uh, the, the sort of plaintiff's life miserable in the in the whole situation too. Lastly, on top of that, um, positive PR is necessary for Block One right now. They're getting annihilated with negative PR. And that's why they showed vulnerability by making the donation. So really what, a, what, what I guess the detriment is to EOS, if I was really going to summarize this answer into one specific, like pinpoint it, the detriment is the EOS community risks normalizing a donation of a few million dollars rather than going through the jugular and getting what they are owed, which is many millions, if not billions of dollars. And so it doesn't if so facto prevent legal action. I would like to add to that. Um, so I'm with the ENF. I'm their senior growth marketing manager. I'm coming. I have no background with Block One or the ENF, no history with either of them, coming with a clean slate. One of the things that I read about EOS when I was getting into the ecosystem was how Block One had failed them. And there's a whole bunch of negative PR around block one. So from a marketing PR perspective, the longer we continue to associate with block one, the more block one continues to be featured in the media in association with EOS, the higher the likelihood we will deter new entrants to the ecosystem. So I'm not saying this to attack block one. I don't know anyone from block one. Um, it's just more from a marketing PR standpoint. The more we associate with them, the more risky it is that people will not want to associate with EOS. Doors have been opened up since breaking away from them in December. The media, for example, hates Block One, the crypto media. Um, and it took a lot of educating, like Coindesk, Cointelegraph, The Block. It took a lot of conversations with these journalists and educating them that EOS is not Block One because they were so closely tied together for the longest time that we've been carrying that burden and that reputation around with us. So I thank, thank you for speaking up, Winnie. Like, I, I appreciate your perspective as an outside uh, person coming into the ecosystem because you don't have the history that we all have, but but you're seeing it from a completely independent perspective. Yeah, and to be honest, it actually almost deterred me from even wanting to work in this ecosystem, just reading what I read about Block One. So imagine community members. That's a great point. I think that with one of the most important parts of the EOS story, one of the ways of EOS really, you know, sort of launching itself back into the top 10. The technology is awesome. The community is great. There's a lot of different great things. But the story, there's nothing more powerful than the story. The story powers it. And I think that this story has multiple potential different next chapters 
And if the next chapter is that, you know, the EOS community was wronged and sort of just did whatever, it kind of, like, it, like it's it, it's okay, like, you move forward and so on, and maybe you still make that comeback. But most people in the industry go, that's fucking pathetic. And I think that it is pathetic. I think we can all agree it's pathetic. Um, someone made the analogy of abusive, you know, spouse or someone like that. I think that's a great analogy. Now, if Block One wants to adhere to their commitment, I would be willing to reconsider sort of my hard line towards Block One. But until they do so, we can't sort of give them a free pass by doing the least painful route for them when we have other options. And so rather than looking at this, in my opinion, at least, as option A is we get a little bit of money from Block One and option B is we get in this long-winded fight, it distracts everyone, and maybe one day we get something. I don't look at the option as that binary sort of two choices. I actually look at it as something different. The two choices are Block 1 pays very little, or Block 1 pays a lot. But either way, this ends with Block 1 paying. And when you look at it through that vantage point, it's pretty clear that you want to get most money possible rather than the least money possible. By normalizing it, accepting it, we get the least money possible because they don't have an incentive to do anything other than to string us along, which they're very good at. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, the gal who chimed in, I really appreciate your perspective um, and, and trim uh, articulate as ever. Um, I guess, uh, is it binary? like that i mean i guess that's what i'm struggling with i mean if it's a lot of money plus a little money um isn't that better than a lot of money or a little money i mean if it's like a, a billion plus 500k or a billion i, I guess i don't understand the i mean point taken about um uh extracting you know taking b1 out and then um that being well received by the community and narrative driving uh, adoption um, and sentiment that that's huge. And I totally agree with that. Um, the, it's the lawsuit side, or I guess the, from your perspective, Trimbot, the, um, the, the side of like engaging with one somehow undermines, you know, um, the, the course of the lawsuit uh, is, is where I, I you kind of lose me, but um, overall, I, I think everyone is, is, is well-intentioned. Um, and I think the points more recently made are, are very well taken. Thank you. Yeah, let me let me give a brief follow up to that. So the first one regarding the lawsuit, how it's undermined, it's not actually undermined as in it's nullified. It's just undermined in the sense that if you go to the court and say, hey, they promised to, you know, be a part of the ecosystem and to reinvest in it and so on and so forth. And then they go, what do you mean? We just donated 500K here, 500K there, 500K there. And we intend on following through with our promises, just taking us longer than expected. I mean, everybody knows they're lying through their teeth. But that's the argument they will make. I don't know whether or not a court will even buy that argument because there's too much, you know, objective fact to show otherwise. Yeah. Such as Trim. code not being maintained. Yeah, totally, Trim. I mean, I'm sorry. You're a lawyer. I'm not. You know, I mean, um, so, I mean, I don't know how the legal system works to that so sort of that finite degree. I mean, wouldn't the lawsuit sort of be up to a certain point, for example? Or let's say if... If B1 says to the judge, and I have no idea how this works, but I'm just speculating here. Like if B1 says to the judge, hey, you know, we, we gave half a million, we sprinkled half a million dollars all around the ecosystem. 
Um, and we will continue doing so. If they do that in a court of law in front of a judge, I mean, the the room for continuing to string the community along as they have done, and I have no qualms about uh, all their failings, right, in the past, but, you know, at the point where it's said uh, in a courtroom, it's a completely different threshold, I would imagine, than Brendan Bloomer standing on a stage and and uh, pontificating about, you know, you know, uh, throwing down a billion dollars into the ecosystem. It's totally different, right? We're talking about night and day. And so like a lot of the, a lot of your argument around the, the legal ramifications of things, I'm just not tracking, but I really appreciate, I think how you put things together. Um, I'm just not tracking that, but the, the sentiment narrative side of things and um, the gal and Zach who spoke up that I buy that, you know, that sounds, that makes a lot of sense to me. My name is Winfred. Thank you, Winfred. I appreciate it. (laughs) And so let me get back to the legal side of things, because you can't really predict the exact legal situation, because there's so many different angles by which you could go after Block One. One of the many ways is through the class action lawsuit. All we know is that Block One is maybe not 100% clearly, but it seems very likely that they seem to be a little bit fearful based off of their actions. And there's a saying sort of when you're in these types of negotiations where they're adversarial that when you have leverage, use it. And Block One had leverage and used it against the EOS community. For the first time in a very long time, the EOS community now has leverage against Block One. That's sort of the reality of what happened by the class action lawsuit being rejected. So if you don't trust me or don't believe me or agree with me, maybe just ask yourself, what actually motivated Block One to make this decision? Do you think it really came from the good of their parts or is it coming from a place of fear? And I can't say definitively it came from a place of fear, but I can speculate that it's very likely that it came from a place of fear. I think the response of some folks would be like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Right. I mean, let's say it did come from fear. Let's say that all of a sudden, as you, as you say, you know, the judge rejecting the uh, settlement has driven them to have to strategize and how to deploy $25 million that they've already budgeted for. Great. Right. So now they're going to con- they're going to continue sprinkling half million dollars here and there, and yet the ENF lawsuit's going to persist, you know, right. and 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 that will not be affected one way or another. And so you have a few community members who are willing to engage with Block One, who have maybe ulterior motives, who are now being driven uh, by fear to to sh- to 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 show uh, to whoever right that they're now a, a good player, but it but it doesn't. Like in, in either case, you actually kind of make away with more rather than less. But again, right. that's that's aside from the narrative uh, argument, which I am totally in agreement with. You know? <laughs> yeah. So let's just focus on uh, on the point you made because I think it's you know th- there's room for both sides of the debate. I just presented my perspective, and I was hoping that if anyone had a contrarian perspective, they could you know share it and we could discuss it like we've done today. And so this is good. Um, so you made the point, you know, like what's the actual upside into pressuring them? And I guess that's really the source of your question. You're of the belief that, or you're suggesting that this doesn't impact the lawsuit. So this is just the cherry on top. And I think there's some truth to that, but really what it is, is it's the motivation, the time frame, and the amount. And so if they think that they can get by with $25 million and string us along over three or four years, you know, that's in their benefit. But if they really feel pressure, if they really think, you know what, we're kind of fucked here. Like we have no choice but to give in. Are they really going to fight this long legal battle, drag their feet, 
make everybody at the ENF or whoever else is participating in the lawsuit life a living hell in between then and now? Or instead, are they just going to say, you know what? This isn't worth the fight for us. Like, let's just do what we promised. It sucks. But our alternative is to be forced to do that and then lose on top of that. So there's sort of both sides. Like, the fact that they're trying to go public with bullish, this negative PR from the EOS community was listed directly as a risk factor in their prospectus that they filed with the SEC for the merger. It tells you very clearly that they are worried about this. Like, they can't get away from it. I think that FPAC merger has been delayed largely because of the momentum created by the EOS community. Not saying that's the only reason. It may actually not be factually accurate either. I'm just speculating, but it seems quite likely, especially considering they listed that as a risk factor. So when you have leverage, if you want to use it for your own gain to reach the resolution that you would otherwise still still reach, but it would take 10 years to reach, it's probably a better thing to get it done now. And I just wanted to add, you know, when it comes to driving adoption of products, there is nothing more significant than storytelling. It's the narratives that we tell. It it has nothing, product adoption has nothing to do with the features. It typically has to do with the narratives. So as long as we continue to involve block one in this narrative, and as long as block one has that history of not delivering for EOS, um, you know, yeah, it just, it makes it a lot harder for the people who are doing marketing, for the people who want to drive adoption, for the people who want to bring EOS to the whole world to do their jobs. And again, this is not an attack on Block One. I do not know a single person from Block One and I clean slate, coming with a clean slate. Lucky you. I wish I knew well, Block One. <laughs> so you don't know anyone currently at Block One. Um, as many of you know, like a lot of the employees at the ENF, from the engineering to some of the marketing to all, all over the, the, the organization, come from Block One. So, like, we're not coming into this blind and only speaking from the outside. Like, we have personal uh, opinions, like that that weigh on us too of what things were like on the other side, and it, it was vastly different than our side. So just keep that in mind, too, because I throughout like the last week and a half of seeing all of the chats, I, I never saw that part factored in. And that that's a very important factor to me personally, because I only knew my side of the story for the last five years. But hearing the other side, it, it honestly made it worse, if you if you could believe that. And like someone, uh, Joe Louie brought up like EOS New York earlier. Like being at block one like crushed Kevin Rose's soul. <laughs> like I I, I I don't think I could uh like even uh, explain how like palpable that was when speaking to him towards the end. Because his end the end of his tenure at block one was literally like a month after the ENF was launched. So like I don't know. I think it's awesome. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, no, gonna I'm say, I, think, I was just going to say, I think it's also important that we distinguish between things that we're unhappy about with from block one, but is not illegal. And the things that they did that is in unethical and illegal and immoral, like those are the things we need to be focusing on more than the 
you know, block one did that said this, but didn't do it quite as much. Or, you know, I was hoping they were going to do that. Like everybody has complaints with companies that they deal with or whatever that might be. And that's fine. Like they don't have to be perfect. There's sometimes, or, you know, maybe Brennan's a shitty CEO. I don't know. Like those types of things, I think we have to lump into one bucket. And then another bucket we have to put along into this caused severe damages in a lot of different ways to a lot of different people for different reasons. And when somebody illegally causes damages, typically that can be both civil and maybe criminal action. And I think that there's a lot of talk about, you know, is what some executives at Block One did both criminal and civilly like illegal. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the situation develops over the next however long. My point is really that I hope if you at least read the article, you understand why I think it's important to pressure and not to just say thank you and accept handouts because they will probably not be too reluctant to hand out $25 million. But if they're pressured enough, that might be 250 or $500 million in a pretty short time period. It's also um, any capital. So going back, like... <laughs> When this happened, it brought back flashbacks of last December and during the negotiations and the like 12 proposals and counter proposals back and forth. One thing that was never on the table that was the number one thing being asked for in those negotiations was external capital into the ecosystem. What was donated, whatever we want to call it, a week and a half ago was EOS. So that EOS was given to them to uphold their social contract with the vesting contract for the first three and a half years of the network. So if if the the community sentiment is to ramp up pressure, then like just keep in mind like external capital is kind of the thing that they've refused to do. That's why throughout the negotiations, the only things that Block One was willing to negotiate on was the EOS IOIP, which they destroyed its reputation of over the years of neglect uh, to live up to their promises on it. And then the other thing was their EOS, their unvested EOS that belonged to the network in the first place, um, as with any unvested shares or options or tokens in this case in any company, when an employee is fired or quits, they are not entitled to that. Um, but those were the only things that were being negotiated. Those were the only things that were on the table. And that was not the request of the ENF when negotiating on behalf of the block producers. The number one request was external capital to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. So $500,000 denominated in EOS is, is crumbs. Also add, like as someone from Block One, um, I've been listening to this conversation very intently and really wishing I could participate, but I can't. So ask me again in 2024, September 2024. But um, if I mean, if they broke laws or, you know, I mean, if they broke laws, then I could participate. So um, I don't know. That's just interesting to me. Like I've thought about maybe an amicus curiae brief or something, but there's, if there's some, um, if the court case goes a different direction, then maybe there would be some, some more room to talk. 
May I ask who's just spoke? I'm sorry, that was Zach. Not Zach Gall. I, I apologize. Okay, thank you. Um, and Stefan, please stop me at any time. I'm just fascinated by this, and I just enjoy it. Uh, and I know this is <laughs> we're we're going on a long time here. Um, and so I'll, we'll we'll go seven hours if you guys want. I'm ready. So to trim, um, trim. I, I'm I struggle. Uh, narrative aside, narrative in agreement. Every, everyone uh, talking, you know. Um, and so going back to the legal side. Like you're when you say leverage and pressure, in and in, I think these are really in, kind of really salient points to 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 your whole take on this, right? Um, so you're saying if we maintain pressure on them, then it may not just be 25 million; it could be 50 or 100 or however much. But that's separate from the ongoing or the litigation that ENF uh, has engaged in which no one knows about, you know, it's all under wraps for good reason. I'm curious what makes you think if there, if block one's MO from the very beginning has been that their decisions are driven by legal and uh, being extremely, um, you know, tight about offering anything at all. And I was, I've, I've been tracking this for years and years and years, you know, I've listened to all the, all the conversations uh, and no one would argue that they have not been uh, a good faith player in, in, in all of this. But I'm curious why you think that us, the community continuing to, let's say uh, block them out from being able to engage, it would all of a sudden um, uh, have them sort of relieve their clasp on funds and then open up a floodgate because we already know again like they may be on the hook for a billion dollars plus due to enf's litigation and that will not be touched and we're we're in agreement there but then the other side is that like you're saying that a a pressure-based approach will have them yield more money uh, of their own accord as opposed to say um the strategy of others which has been like just be nice and then have a have a um, have be like uh, initiate a um, a relationship where we begin building trust again and begin building engagement again, right? Like the the money, the twenty five million or the five hundred k, um, is outside of the bounds of of legal sort of uh, being driven by legal action, and so. Your contention is that uh, continuing to, uh, you know, troll them online and tell them how much they've been bad to the community will will have them pay up more money of their own accord. That sounds like what I'm hearing. Somewhat. The word engage. You used the word engage. Block one sent a payment. There was no engagement. I saw a retweet. That's all I saw. Um, just just to get to try and answer your question, I think that um, what maybe I'm not communicating properly is that I think we can extrapolate the process a little bit. We can make it move faster and be less painful for the EOS community. The longer this drags on, we can all agree, is not ideal for the EOS community. 
if we could resolve can, it. Can you pause day. there? Yeah. Can you pause there and like and expand on that? Like extrapolate and move, make this go faster. And I totally, and I think everyone would agree. No one wants this any of, and no one wants contentious negotiation to drag on indefinitely. We know Block One is very good at that. But tell me more about how leverage and pressure will extrapolate more money more quickly. Essentially, be because the more negative PR they have, the harder it is for them to go about their business. The more likely it is that people support the movement, and which leads to more pressure against them. Um, and I guess like the best analogy I can really offer you is if there was a criminal on the run and they were in hiding and, you know, they were being investigated and eventually they were being found, I'm sure that would happen regardless. But if you had all of social media going, he's hiding in, you know, like the Do Kwan, he's hiding in Serbia. It amplifies the pressure and it leads to more momentum. It leads like people who do investigations are human beings. Judges are human beings. Juries are human beings. Like they are, affected by these sort of things and if you make it very difficult for block one to do their business if they have a tough time hiring if people have a tough time working with them if fpac can't merge with bullish if thomas farley no longer wants to associate himself with this mess and so on and so on it just makes things so much worse for them and their solution is to follow through with their commitments and so they can drag their feet and bitch and moan and take, you know, 10 years or five years or seven years, whatever that may be. And I don't have, I'm not privy to the ENF's legal action. So I don't know if it's criminal, if it's civil, if it's related to the class action or unrelated. Like, I really don't know. But all I do know is there's a reason Block One turns off all of their comments. If they didn't care, they wouldn't turn off their comments. There's a reason that Block One reacted the way they did when the class action was, you know, rejected. Otherwise, they wouldn't have followed through most likely with, you know, funding. And so it's very clear from Block One's actions what they're thinking, at least in my opinion. And so if you just sort of extrapolate that thought process, it demonstrates they are worried. And this does affect them negatively. Does that answer your question or am I still missing it? No, no, I, I, I think we're I think we're both addressing each other very well. Um, I just need a, a moment to process that. Um, yeah, one second. So just to think out loud for a second. So you're saying that, um, and, and I, I see it all, right? They turn off all the comments. They can't because the moment uh, Bloomer posts something, it's just a flood of negative negativity, right? And you're saying that that, that um, impedes their ability to conduct business, which I have no doubt it would. Um, I think anyone who does a modicum of research on Block 1 and is looking for possible employment there would probably second guess, you know, it's like everyone, I don't know where else in the world has it, but glass door, right? Everyone looks, you might look at glass door at, in the States anyway, and see a, an employer. If it really has a really crappy review, um, you wouldn't want to join. Um, where you may lose me is I guess the, the, the assertion or like the, you know, you you think that the there's a possibility of them um, relenting uh, from that pressure, and so uh, I guess I'm just trying to think out loud here. If there's, I would suspect, and maybe we're we're both kind of speculating here. I would suspect that if they were to step up and um, acknowledge their commitments and begin fulfilling them. 
I, I would, I don't think that it would happen much faster than it did before outside of the bounds of a, a, a legal requirement. You know, I guess for you, um, a, an antagonistic relationship will yield greater results. And there are others in the community who feel that, um, again, there's a lot going on and we may get a billion dollars. Great. So that aside, right, a billion dollars based on their prior commitments. So that aside, it, um, moving away from an antagonistic relationship will yield better fruit. The cherry, as you say, as you articulate very, very well. You know, I think that's a great image. Um, as far as narrative goes, and I think you, Trim, were very good at the very be- uh, at the outset of, uh, you know, hashtag the new US. You know, you do a really good job with marketing. Um, and, uh, and I agree. And no one would argue that the community is now in charge, more or less, right? There's, <laughs> there's nuances there. Um, block one is not. Like, you've taken over the code base. There's Antelope. There's all these, there's all these very clear um, signals to the world that block one is no longer in charge of EOS. Um, and that can't change. There's no way that block one can assert themselves as being the leader of this community anymore. Um, and so, and so I guess I'm just kind of hung up on your assertion that being antagonistic, apply, continuing to apply negative pressure will yield more funds outside of the ongoing litigation, you know? Um, and I'm sorry if I'm beating a dead horse at this point. Uh, no, we, we, we may, we may be going in circles at this point, but, uh, yeah, there, there you have it. You know? Well, let's put it this way. They settled the class action and made an offer to settle for 25 million. They made an offer to settle with the sec when the sec was investigating them again for 25 million. Block one clearly prefers to have these matters settled. They don't want to admit to wrongdoing. They don't want to, you know, uh, like legal action is a pain in the ass for everyone involved, the defendant and the plaintiff. And so, you know, like there's a lot of that side of things. And then there's also the side of things of the quagmire that block when the company could put themselves in, you know, um, I don't know what their board is like, how much sway their investors have. A lot of the claims that we've heard is that a lot of, you know, supposedly that a lot of the great things they wanted to do was prevented by their shareholders. Um, I'm just putting this possibility out there, but it's possible that the shareholders throw the CEO under the bus of block one. Um, just putting that out there. I mean, there's a lot of different ways this thing can play out. A lot of different ways pressure can work. But ultimately, my point is essentially that by when, when block one shows some vulnerability, you have to increase the pressure. And by increasing the pressure, it's not to the detriment of EOS, it's to the benefit. Um, I know we've gone in circles about whether or not you agree or disagree on that, and that's fine. I mean, I don't think that there's a definitive, like, oh, it's so obvious, I'm right, you're such an idiot, you're wrong type of thing. It's just my sort of perspective on this. I think it makes Blockbond's life more difficult, which therefore makes them more likely to try to end this problem. Let me ask you this. What is the nature of pressure that you suggest? Let's say negative pressure, because because positive pressure, we know, like you know, whatever Chris Barnes did and Helios, whatever they you know, whatever Brock's relationship is 
you know, it, it yielded five, you know, half million dollars. Great. So let's say we, we go all in on the Trimbot strategy and continue to apply negative pressure. Now he's blocked all of, you know, all of basically all of EOS uh, on his social media, on, on bullish social media, whatever it is. We can't troll him anymore. What is the nature of negative pressure that would yield more than $25 million in your mainstream media attention? Yeah, I was just going to say it's kind of like a cost benefit analysis situation. If we ghost them or they ghost us, then we continue our separate direction. We don't have the block one baggage following us with the media and PR, and we're able to market EOS as a scalable, you know, solution to the real world and not have to worry about, you know, people wondering, hey, but there's block one that's directly involved with them. So yeah. There's a likelihood that we drop them because, you know, this we antagonize them to the point they want nothing to do with EOS. And in my opinion, in my opinion, that is a very um, unbiased opinion. Like I said, I'm literally new to the ecosystem. That would be a win for us. And yeah, I mean, just imagine if CNBC starts reporting that, you know, this company block one, maybe it's a fraud similar to Threnos. Um, yeah. They start lumping Brendan Blummer into the same category as people like Sam Bankman Freed. That leads to a lot of negative PR, negative attention, and it's not coming yeah. from the EOS community directly. It's now coming from mainstream media. And so, what happens when CNBC interviews Thomas Farley and asks him, "This company that you, your company, FPAC, is going to merge with, are you aware of this?" You know, it 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 really. And, and I, I don't mean to make this about bullish or, or Farley or anyone in particular. My, that was just an example. My point is essentially just that when the mainstream media starts talking about this story, this story hasn't really gone reported in the right way. The closest example I'm aware of is Wired, which I wouldn't exactly say is mainstream media. When this is amplified in the public realm, they can't hide the same way. No doubt, no doubt. I um, good points all around, of course. Um, and uh, hey, I, I just... have a question for you because you've been asking a lot of questions. Please. So you're, yeah. So you're agreeing that the narrative can hurt EOS. And from my understanding, Block One donated five hundred thousand. Would you quantify that as being valuable enough to put EOS in a position whereby it's considered a risky asset in terms of the people who are directly involved in you know its ecosystems governance is that something that you're saying because it sounds like you agree that the narrative could hurt eos block one's um involvement in eos could hurt eos but then it also sounds like you're not in agreement entirely so i'm just trying to understand what is your stance in all of this Oh, thank you, Winfred. Um, gosh, let me try to let me try to articulate. Let me um, let me rephrase the question just so I understand it. So you're asking, like, what's my take? Because your sense is that I disagree with Frim uh, in that maintaining an antagonist relationship is a bad thing. Um, but uh, sorry, maybe help me, please, Winfred. I, I want to make sure I answer. Yeah, the I, I will help you. So you have repeatedly said that you agree that the narrative argument of Block One's involvement in EOS could hurt EOS. You've said that repeatedly today on this call. No, may, may, I, clarify, may I clarify that? Okay, uh, yeah. 
I think narrative drives crypto adoption right now. Absolutely. You know, generally early, early on in the agency. Yeah, I mean, and so uh, the the actual narrative of Block One's role in EOS and those kinds of things, like I, I'm happy to expand on that. But I, I was just speaking more broadly. Narrative is king right now. Um, yeah, and so that's exactly. all I'm saying about narrative. And the narrative in the media, as far as Block One goes right now, is that Block One failed the EOS ecosystem, right? That uh, I would say. If, the you're, primary... if you're reading, if you're reading the news, then you'd say right, yeah. Yeah, but the, I would say the primary narrative right now is that there's a um, first of all a misunderstanding in the media that EOS is Block One. First yeah, of all, that is not that is not the narrative though, because the media is not saying that there is a misunderstanding in the media. <laughs> that is not the narrative. I'm sorry, the I'm not tracking Winfred. Yeah, yeah, the narrative is that Block One failed the EOS ecosystem. EOS was supposed to be the Ethereum killer, and it is not. That is the narrative in the media. And you said you agree that the narrative could impact EOS. So my question to you is, why are we even arguing about, you know, lawsuits and whatnot if you're agreeing that narratives will hinder? the adoption of EOS as a technology for real-world use? I'll try my best to, uh, to, to respond. Um, and I think I'm understanding that you, you, may, um, you may be making an assumption that I um, subscribe. Well, I'm not sure how to answer that. Uh, yes, narrative is very important. Yes, the narrative in the media generally is that Block One failed to uphold their commitments no doubt um yeah i yeah um uh i also think that the community is um clearly in charge of the narrative at this point not blocking. that is false the community That's, is not in charge of the narrative. The media is in charge of the narrative. And the narrative right now is that Block One failed EOS. EOS is not an Ethereum killer. So what do you think the implications of Block One coming back to EOS will be as far as the adoption of EOS when we know that the media has more influence over adoption than the community within this ecosystem? And that's a fact. Yeah, well, Winfred, let me... Um... Great points. Uh, I just hadn't processed it uh, to be able to kind of respond quickly here. But um, let me think. Let me think about that for a second. And everyone else, please chime in. I don't mean to monopolize. Yeah, please. Take your time. Take your yeah. time to think. And I'm, I'm yeah. sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, no. This is, I can uh, jump in on his behalf. Please, please. Yeah. So um, for Winford's sake, I think that. Sorry, I, I don't know your name, Mancha. Um, Mancha's point was essentially that he agrees with the narrative side of things. He understands why it's worthwhile for EOS to sort of combat block one, the whole community seizing the network or whatever you want to call it type of approach. Like he agreed that that's a positive for EOS. He was asking more specifically, separating narrative aside, he was trying to understand what value the aggression or sort of you know pressure towards block one might actually make in a more direct way. And so that's, I think, what the confusion was. I think that he's, we're all on the same page, for the most part at least, that you know the narrative for EOS needs to change a little bit. And yeah. narratives drive everything in this industry. His mm -hmm. question was just more about what's the connection between pressure and actually leading to direct results outside of marketing slash narratives. 
Yes, I totally understand that. And my question to him is, why do we even have to ask that question if we agree on this, the fact that narrative will drive the adoption of EOS, you know? So it's, that's, that was, I really understand where he's coming from. I understand what you're saying. For me, my question is more, why are we even asking this as a question if we know that EOS as a superior technology is not what's going to bring people to EOS. It's the narratives that we tell. It's the narratives that the people who have the bigger networks tell, which is the media. So if we know that to be the case, why are we even debating anything else from the narrative of EOS? Winfred, I I think I'm catching up a little bit to you. Um, Okay. I I think. (laughs) Uh, So at this point, um, it sounds like you're you're saying that um, uh, because the primary narrative in the media is that block one failed EOS, you're saying that there's a net cost. There's a net detriment to EOS. Huge one. Yes. Yeah. To have them back in the picture at all, because for you, um, the benefit of having, yeah. Yeah. 500,000 dollars is nothing uh-huh. compared to what we could do if we just somehow erased them. Huh. Huh. I'd have to process that for a little bit. Um, yeah. And I, and I get your point now. Thank you. I just needed to kind of catch up to where you're headed there. So, um, so you're, so you're saying that, um, the, uh, the cost far is always the benefit engaging yeah. with them. I come from an economics um, background, and so for me, I'm always looking at cost-benefit. Okay, they give 500 grand, and it's going to benefit a bunch of people for some time. But when you look at the bigger picture, when you zoom out, what is the cost for EOS? Yeah, I will agree with you, and and I'll concede certainly this to, to a lot of others who have made this point. Having Block One out of the picture for the last few months, last year or so, has has felt like a weight lifted. You know, like truly, truly, um, because the community was mired in these like fruitless, circular, extremely toxic conversations for years. And so having them out, great, you know, and then the the inaugural Independence Day, as we all called it uh, a few months ago and, and taking over the, the code base um, really, truly felt like a, a new day. Um, I feel like and I don't know for sure. There's so many details that maybe we are missing for a lot of us, but like the, the way in which block one may be inching back into the picture is very different. And I, you know, I'm certainly not a marketing expert by any stretch, but it could be, um, Mm -hmm. uh, it it could be, um, handled in a way but by the community, maybe I don't know by by marketing experts or whoever it is by trim Are we are we going to base the future of EOS on maybes? Well, I think uh, I think the I think the future of crypto is based on maybes. You know, I think everything is uh, yeah every blockchain. Every yeah, um, but we can also use past experience to inform our future actions, and based off of that, I would personally, from what I've read, from the information yeah. that I. have, and like I said, I'm a new entrant into this space. Yeah, I have nothing yeah. to do with block one. And yeah. I'm not biased in any way, shape, or form yeah. against them. It's just based off of the information I have, based off yeah. of what I've read from the media that influences narratives. I would not base any future actions 
um, in favor of taking a chance on block one. I think I agree with you. I mean, I think we're both in agreement in that case. You know, um, the, the half million, if we're to take Helios's word for, for it, was no strings attached. And so, um, again, it goes back to maybe what, maybe what I started with, with Trim, was that, like, what, what's the detriment, you know? And I, th- I take your point completely, uh, Winfred, that, um, that just having them out of the picture makes it much easier, you know, to, to form narratives uh, and to, um, to very clearly and explicitly indicate to people that that baggage is behind us. And now yeah. with, with them inching in in whatever ways, whether it's sprinkling half million dollars in various projects or whatever it is, all of a sudden there's a specter again. Right. Uh, and it makes people may uh, raise their eyebrows. Like what is the baggage back? Yeah. Is, is, is this, is this, um, is this, uh, is this player who always acted in bad faith back? Is this now an unreliable ecosystem again? I take all that to heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand your point. Um, I just, I think where where we maybe disagree is um, whether or not that half million dollar will ultimately cause that narrative to unfold or does the community have a little bit more say in how that narrative uh, is taken by the wider media, the general media and those kinds of things. Um, hello. Just kind of, hello. <laughs> Can anybody hear me? Yes. I'm guessing. So sorry. I didn't want to stop you. I just wasn't sure if. No, I, I was, uh, yeah, really. I was just extending this whole conversation Eve, for you to come in and, and talk for, 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 for the fire set. So I've done my job. Eve, the floor is yours, sir. Thank you, everyone, uh, for uh, letting me uh, talk for a while there. So Very I'm not nice going to comment on the uh, on the legal action side of things for obvious reasons, but I think that the biggest one that um, perhaps is not obvious to all is the less um, you know of the legal strategy, the less block one knows of the legal strategy, uh, the better it is. And I, I invite everybody to think about that for uh, for a period of time. If you don't know what the legal strategy is, how can block one know? And that uncertainty, that unknown is extremely powerful. Um, putting that aside, I disagree um, that there is a no strings attached uh, donation that occurred uh, no strings attached, perhaps, in, if if you look at, or if you if you don't broaden the horizon of what a string can be, there is no such thing as a no string attached action anywhere for anything, regardless of a donation, whether regardless of where we're talking blockchain, there is no such thing as an action that occurs that doesn't have ramifications somewhere somehow. That doesn't impact the universe, however you want to look at it. The idea that there is a donation that occurred and that that will not impact something somehow, somewhere, um, that I fundamentally disagree with. Now, what that will impact and at what level that will impact the future course of, uh, of events, that is what we can debate on. And I guess that's what people have been debating on. I've been listening in for a while. I wasn't sure if this was actually working or not. Uh, I'm currently in transit in um, in Japan. And this is the part I think that some people, uh, because I, I've been reading everything and I, as everybody knows, I read every single chat um, as much as possible in, in real time. So I also see 
the rate of response, who is responding, who is responding, then editing, who is then responding, but then deleting, etc. And, and that is extremely valuable information to get a sense of where um, people are at. And obviously, it's, it's from my own lens. And so I'm clearly biased and I have my own world vision and then assumptions that are placed onto that world. But I fundamentally disagree, and this is the point, that this is a no strings attached because the string itself if it is not known and or the ramifications of that and or what constitutes a string is um is perhaps what people are a little bit too narrow-minded in in think for those who have that viewpoint in my opinion Hey, I just want to say thanks to everyone who responded uh, and Eve, you know, for chiming in there. Uh, never spoken up in a fireside here. So um, it was a really good conversation. I'm sure there's going to be more um, along the way. And um, overall, I think everyone is doing just an incredible job. Good intentions all around um, and really looking forward to, to the next eating election for sure. Apologies. I'm just losing connection, but I'm, I'm still hearing. So there's something I want to add to this discussion too. I don't know if anybody wants to respond to um, to Eve or anybody first because it's a little bit of a redirection going back to what uh, something Trim said before, and I think it's an important point. Um, so I'd, I'd be very interested to hear what people think. Um, but I also want to just also echo what uh, Kidella was um, Mancha was saying, and thank you for sharing your thoughts. It's very interesting your perspective, and I hope you'll share your thoughts more on these fireside chats. I suppose I'll go into. Uh, and that I was inspired to say here. Um, so, yeah, so thanks in addition to Kadela, uh, Trimbot, and Eve, and, and Winfred, everybody for the thoughtful discussions. Really appreciate it. Um, and I wanted to respond to a point that Trimbot made, I don't know, probably like 20 minutes ago or so. And I know Sifan also wrote some similar messages in uh, some of the Telegram chats asking for reasons why Block One would fund Eden. And um, I'm a little bit surprised that, I, uh, that other people don't see it um, more similarly to how I do, but I'll, I'll explain it. Um, so, Trimbot asked, Is Block One acting out of fear? Um, and he thought they were, and I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they were. Um, it didn't really occur to me that they might be motivated by fear. That's not something that I thought until other people mentioned that. And the obvious thought to me that just seemed natural to me was just that funding Eden is in the best interest of Block One, and it's in the best interest of everyone in the world. Um, so I'm working on an article um, about funding Eden to at some point request funding for Eden and explain why it's so helpful to fund Eden. So uh, I'm laying out a few different reasons. I'm, I'm laying out a business case and the case, uh, a moral case, a self-interest case, entertaining case to explain it. Um, so th there is some business case. I know I remember Stefan shared some messages that maybe Block One doesn't own much EOS and so forth. So maybe uh, there's not much reason for them to further invest. But for one thing, they do have a big reputational investment in EOS and if EOS and Eden do well, then that does make uh, Block One look better and obviously they have a reputation problems so that can be very helpful and they also do have some eos and they could also of course i, I think buy more as well and they have uh, some alpha about what's going on in the community as well because they've been paying attention so there is potential business case i don't think that's the main case that i'm focusing on here um and there's also an entertaining case um so i just think that eden in general 
it provides collaborative content creation tools and games uh, and also communities to make amazing experiences far more than any of us can imagine. We're just like starting to tap into the potential. Um, there's an inspiring quote that Elon Musk shared uh, recently talking about his variant of Occam's razor, razor, where the most entertaining outcome is often the most likely. And with Eden processes, we can make really entertaining and hopeful outcomes that are really fun and enjoyable with an infinite variety of experiences. And then morally, it's good for the world. And it's it's absolutely out of self-interest for everybody who wants to survive and thrive in the world to help Eden and to help cooperative process like Eden. I think it provides perhaps the highest leverage opportunity to create a more enjoyable world for everybody, a safer world for everybody. And that's for people at Block One, for people on this call, for people who have no idea what EOS of Block One is. Um, everybody wants to do well. Everybody wants their family to be safe and to enjoy themselves. They want their friends to do well. And so it makes most sense and it's most logical that Block One would fund Eden because it's really helpful for Block One. It's helpful for everybody. I don't know if they see it like that, but these Eden cooperative processes are needed in the world. Like they're really, really helpful. The world... I'm sure everybody knows, everybody sees constantly that the world has huge obstacles and huge challenges. These are detailed well in more equal animals. And we also can see the world deteriorating and uh, institutions not living up to what they need to do and not fit for the future. We're all on the same planet together and everybody wants to survive and thrive and do really well. I, uh, I've i been very inspired by the singularity is near for a long time. Ray Kurzweil talks about exponential progress and how the next years and decades are going to be wild. And there's also a concept of the great filter that most civilizations destroy themselves before they can advance efficiently with technology because technology becomes such a powerful force. And if people don't know how to wield it, then the world may not survive. And uh, yeah, so there's definitely big challenges. And basically, we need to learn to cooperate better. That's our main uh, goal, one of our main goals and one of our main highest leverage opportunities, both as individuals and communities and as civilization. And Eden provides these cooperative processes and tools and games to learn to cooperate better. And it also provides the technicians, the people who know how to use the tools and the people who have been studying this and the people who are really passionate about helping people cooperate with these tools. So if I were at Block One, I would aim to fund Eden as much as possible because what's the point of having more money if civilization is not going to last a couple more years? Or what's the point of money if you can't enjoy it? And then beyond just survival, there's also the thriving aspect of it. So I mentioned it, it's an amazing uh, process to bring people together to create networking and to create fun experiences to make awesome videos together and to create awesome content and to incentivize the creation of public goods like we do with the mellow and like eating them like practically so it's really empowering communities and it's really a helpful process eden is rising because there's many amazing people in the community who are doing great work and have been doing great work for the past year and a half now and the power of community and innovation and the stories we create collaboration that's incredibly important for all of humanity and each of our, you know, both survival and thriving and enjoying it. So I don't know if Block One realizes that right now. I mean, good chance they don't because they're in uh, I, I very little insight into what they think other than just public messages. But that's the most important reason, I think. And that's something that should be focused on more. Like, I'm grateful that they gave the 500,000. Um, I, I also see lots of reasons and, and good reasons why uh, people aren't happy about it because they also have cause a lot of problems, of course. Um, but the main thing is that like this is just really beneficial for Block One and anybody to fund Eden. Um, so I feel like that's an important pairing point point. And thank you once again. I know that was a bit of a longer speech, but I think this is uh, uh, really important. So that's that. I have a question for you, uh, Dan, and others who share a similar viewpoint. I completely agree with you. Um, that 
individuals such as yourself and that share that viewpoint of the world see the benefit in this. And if you were in those shoes, you would make those decisions for those very reasons. Um, I completely agree uh, to that. Where I question, I guess what I'm wondering from your point of view, how do you consolidate the uh, block one's past actions in general? So if you're coming at it from, if you were in those shoes, I would see how that narrative makes sense because that is your MO. That is how you view the world and that would fit with your prior actions. So completely in line with that. How do you consolidate the delta between the previous actions and, and, I mean, the data, essentially, that is undisputable from the last four years to then making the 180-degree turn to suddenly waking up and now having a completely different worldview um, and and then changing the actions um, ba- compared to the previous actions? So that that's the first question, I guess. How do you consolidate that? How can you make that leap that suddenly that is now the, their their raison d'être, that is their reason for being uh, based on the data that we have before? Or do you contest, I guess, the data that, that we have from from the last four years and that that was always the MO? That's the first question. And, and second question, um, if you're able to then make that jump, can you perhaps expand because you make a premise or you make a, a statement that they've been following along very much so, and so they understand the value of Eden. They've essentially they they you know you're in it day to day, and a lot of the people on this call, I imagine, are in it day to day, and so they can see how we got here and perhaps the value of that process. Are you also saying that essentially they you know, are very much uh, spending? a considerable amount of of time and resources in following along. Is that also a premise to make your first original statement leading to my first question? Thank you very much, Eve, for the questions. Those are great questions. Um, So there's a few different things I can say here. So um, I'll I'll, I'll start by reiterating that I don't know. And I'm not necessarily saying that this is the reason why Block One does it, because I don't know a lot of what they think. And I've been very disappointed by Block One. I was writing articles or writing about how Block One has uh, is an a, a amazing position to create benefits for humanity um, and help people by funding Eden several years ago. And I thought that they would, and they didn't at the time. I don't know why they didn't and why they haven't. For one thing, it's possible that people can change their mind and learn. So just because somebody where Block One hasn't done something good in the past doesn't mean that they can't do good things now or good things in the future. They can learn and learn from mistakes. People learn all the time. So that's one possibility. Maybe they've just had how more time to study it. How do people, doing it how do people learn from mistakes in general? Can you expand maybe on that? Oh, I, agree with you. I feel like it's obvious. How, how can that happen? Or I guess what what new input, if, if it is an input, that can make somebody change their mind? Well... It's input and information and experiences. It's like now there's been uh, four seasons of of Eden and it's been going on with a lot of great builders who are making videos every week and making content every week. We're also doing the Eden Fractal now. People are talking about these fireside sessions. Uh, So so many cool things are coming out of Eden too, as well as tools that you can see on Pomelo. So basically people get new information and they can learn more. I feel feel like I'm maybe saying the obvious here, but does that answer your question, Eve? 
Well, so then it goes to my second question. So the premise to that argument is that um, I guess ultimately, if if um, there's one individual that's the decision maker within that entity, that that decision maker received new information and or has been following along, because you mentioned specifically, for example, the weekly Eden fractals. Do you believe that they are watching those shows and they're taking notes weekly? I have not thought about that, and I wouldn't expect. Or do you it believe that they impossible? watched one show and then everything changed? Like, wow, that one show was uh, so mind blowing that now I will change my worldview because that's uh, that's essentially your position. Well. I'm not sure if it's my position. I mean, in, in any situation, I suppose it's like a tipping point. There can be one piece of content that has a tipping point that makes people change their mind from zero to one or from one thing to but the other. And the so, tipping point implies that there was a lot of data inputs prior to, right? So the tipping point is not just one piece of information. It is it is the sum of all pieces of information that reach a certain degree of inputs that then create the tipping point. So then it goes back again to my second question. Are they following along so closely that they can see that mass amount of data inputs leading to that potential tipping point? Because your premise is that there was a tipping point. Because you also mentioned as a premise that they were not doing that previously. Or do you believe, which then would change the whole argument, that they were always doing that so there's, there has never been a tipping point. That was always the MO from the start. That was always the worldview from the start. That it was always what they were trying to do from the start. But for some reason they could not. Or, or it wasn't being received in that fashion. Yeah, good questions. Do, not, do you understand? Like that's what I'm asking: is how do you yeah. make that mental jump? And I understand how you could make it because you have that worldview from the beginning. So there is no tipping point for you. That well, I mean, extra there was also data input. Past, but. No, but that worldview that uh, that um, the, the the greater good and the the wanting to do things for humanity that that is not a tipping point for you ever since i've known you that has been your mo there has not been a tipping point where you've received so much data that now you believe that this is the way to proceed forward yeah well i mean that tipping point for me was before we met eve so i've been researching this kind of thing for the past i don't know 10 15 years uh, i learned about singularities in the year and uh a book by Jeremy Diamond or something like that about the false causations. And so I just started thinking a lot about existential risk and so forth. Uh, but previously that right? I a lot of data input, right? A lot of data input. So not a single data input that then it, it was, a, it was a process. It was a journey. It took time, a lot of data input for you to then have that worldview. So then it goes back again to the second question. Do you believe that they've been following along? So they've been accumulating all of those data points that led to that tipping tipping point. I don't know. I, I haven't really thought so much from belief. I suppose the main point that I was trying to make, because I can only speculate so far on how much they're paying attention or what they think. But I suppose my larger point was, regardless of why they're doing it, the most important thing is why they should be doing it and how it's on us to communicate that. And I feel like when we focus more on just how important it is, then that helps block one to understand whether they understand or not. I think there's a good chance that, that they're following. That they're a good actor in the first place. I agree with you on that. That assumes and that works with an individual such as yourself 
where that is the premise from the beginning. That assumes that, assume that that they are good actors from the beginning, that there's no other agenda possible outside of being a good actor. Hey, Eve, Eve and Dan, uh, can I interject a question that's on topic, I think? This is well, I, I kind of want okay. Um, I'd like I'd like to to continue if if that's okay, Jack. Kind of want to uh, uh, see what what Dan because um, we're kind of have we're we're going in a direction. I'd like to see where where this goes with Dan if that's okay, Jay. Absolutely, go for it. All right, thanks, Jane. Thanks, Eve and Jay. I'm looking forward to hearing your question uh, later. Um, yeah, and thank you. Um, I'm very interested in uh, continuing discussion as well. So thank you for asking these questions and uh, inviting it. So. Um, the argument that I was making, or I don't know if I should call it an argument, but the point I was making basically is it wasn't presupposing that, that they're a good actor or a bad actor. I was thinking out of basically self-interest. If you think, I suppose, game theory or just obvious, like everybody wants good for themselves, everybody wants good for their family, everybody wants good for their children and their friends. Um, it doesn't really come down to ethics, whether somebody's being a good person or a bad person. It just everybody wants those things. And when somebody uh, is getting, gathering information, like if you're at block one, um, and I assume that they're under various pressures and they're trying to figure out solutions to their problems to relieve their pressures and to help improve their life and to get things that they want, then uh, they would. Uh, and they have a lot of opportunity being their closeness and proximity to the EOS community um, and over the years to gather the information and see what is most helpful for them. And what's what, most what helpful for them is there? right there. Yeah, so what you just mentioned is exactly Trim's point. You're just looking at it from a different point of view. That they are looking at what's in their best interest and what works for them. The difference is what some people are saying is that that reason is not the same reason that you're saying it is. It is not for the best of humanity. It's the cover your ass reason. It is for the potential legal implications. It is for that side of things. But the argument, essentially, and that, that's where you were led to, is you've now come to the same, essentially, reason for them potentially doing an action is out of some type of self-interest. What that self-interest is, is what is being debated. What is that reason is what is being debated. What, what, I'm, yeah. what I'm getting at with this is that there are multiple potential reasons for why they would be making a donation or re-entering the system. And to assume that it is nefarious is wrong. To assume that it is good is wrong. There are multiple potential reasons. And what I'm seeing a lot for from those who believe that it has to be, or seemingly that that is the that it has to be for good reasons, that's all I'm asking is how do you make the jump that it has to be for good reasons. It seems that those yeah, who have that position are not open to the idea that maybe it is for different reasons than quote-unquote good, and I'm, I'm using good because that's subjective. For them, it is good. To, to cover their ass legally would also be a good reason for them. Right? Which is right. a different reason than why you would do it. I agree with the outcome. The outcome is some people received, or, or, or a, a, a process has just gotten an, an injection of funds. 
Um, and that ultimately is not necessarily what is being debated. Now, there's two two things that are being debated essentially when I when I read the chats. One is the what is the possible reason for that uh, donation, and the other is what are the possible ramifications of that donation. Like, what does the future look like? What are the next if thens after this? And there, uh, there are uh, seemingly a strong presence of community members that believe that the if-then subsequent to now this donation potentially has a lower ROI than not having received that donation. And ultimately what I'm asking is for those who don't believe, or for those who believe that this is only good, how do you make that mental jump that the if-then has to be positive? that there is no realm of possibility, that that if-then ultimately is negative. How do you make that jump? And the only way that I can consolidate that is because you, as an individual, are coming from the point of view that you would do it for good reasons, but you're not open to the idea that maybe some people do things for quote-unquote bad reasons, which are good for them. But if you're just make that jump, uh, I, I would like to just respond to that. I don't know who else is speaking, but if it's okay, if I could just respond to that before the next person goes. Go go um, for it. Yeah, that's why I was saying, because I, I think this is, you're, you're ultimately getting here to the crux of what the debate in the community has been. The, the philosophical, everything is speculation as to what it may be, but the core of the argument is the philosophical that we're discussing right now. Yes. Good point, and very well explained. Thank you, Eve. Um, I, I feel like maybe also I didn't uh, present it in the clearest way or didn't communicate in the clearest way because I started talking about, uh, I, I started responding to um, Trimbot's question about was B1 scared? Is that the reason why they did it? And then I'm not sure if I made it clear, but I'm not in the camp that, or I'm not of the belief um, that I think that you believe that I am, that there's no chance that they are doing it for bad reasons or nefarious reasons. I don't think that it's necessarily true that they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart or that they see the long-term vision and that they're doing it for everybody's benefit and all those things. Um, my point was that that should be what they're thinking about. And our uh, our job as a community, one of our jobs as a community, and something I'm focusing a lot and really passionate about is communicating that. So even if they don't understand that right now, to educate people at Block One and people around the world around why Eden is so helpful. And that's a really great way to focus attention. It's possible that they don't know. I mean, I've been surprised and disappointed by a lot of um, ignorance and you know people just not thinking things far, like seeing what happened with FTX and seeing just a lot of things that happen around the world. There's obviously a lot of people who aren't looking at um, the world with a great vision or a pro-social vision that's helpful for people. Um, and that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But we're, we're all improving. And the way that we improve is we, we talk and we educate each other and we make great content to help each other understand the best route forward and Eden. So it's possible that block one is just acting out of uh, self-interest. That's not interested in helping the EOS community or the world or anybody else. Um, I would, I would say that's if that's true, that's an ignorant approach um, because it's, not seeing the value in Eden and seeing something that they need, but stupidity is something that is is real and something that we're all born with by nature. We all learn as we go. So I don't know. I think it's one, one or the right. other. It doesn't need to be one. It, it doesn't need to be left to one reason. 
do you believe that, uh, as far as you know, with the data inputs that you have, that the entity uh, that made the donation would have thought this through, or do you believe that they made this on a whim? I imagine it's all speculation. They, uh, yeah, I, that's that's speculation. Most of them just focus on building cool things, but I imagine that they probably thought about it. I feel like Blockcoin has a lot of people who are thinking about these things very tediously in their legal department and so forth. Um, right. I'm, I'm so totally it's a calculated decision. The calculated yeah, decision, so. likely, very likely, with multiple inputs leading to that ultimate outcome, most likely. I would think so, yeah. It is Although possible, again, I don't and I don't believe that they're exclusionary. They're, they don't necessarily need to be exclusionary reasons. That so it doesn't need to be just for one reason, right? Do you do you agree to that? That it's potentially for multiple reasons. One of those reasons oh, being yeah. that hey, this is a cool thing, and we'd like to donate to this. Sure. Yes. Uh, but there are potentially other reasons as well, and I think that that's what is. It, being said, or that's what I'm gathering from reading the chat, speaking to stakeholders, is that there may be other reasons, and maybe those other reasons are what are what are being brought into question. And so it's maybe not as altruistic as simply Eden is awesome. And then those other reasons potentially also have an impact on what this will do for this ecosystem. And those impacts may or may not be negative ROI in the long term. And that is what some people are questioning as to whether or not going down this path is indeed really altruistic, or maybe there are other reasons behind that, including that, hey, this is cool. I mean, it's low cost and this is a cool experiment. But it's not one or the other. It could be both. Yep, I agree. It could be both. That has a I cost. Mean, really, so this idea that it has no cost that I disagree. So for those saying that it's yeah, well, no strings attached, what you're saying is there's no future cost to this. Oh, 100% there is. Well, I thought you made a good point about the strings. Uh, it was kind of like a cosmic point that everything affects another thing. It's interconnected. Um, and, and I agree. And I would say it's also like, it's largely inspired this discussion for the past hour and a half or two hours or however long we've been discussing. So obviously it had a big ripple effect that I'm donating. Um, but then what's the next steps though? Like for me, the next and, step and is, do you believe, okay, actually that before you actually, before you go, do you believe that the, you, you just mentioned that we just had an hour and a half discussion. So clearly there were ripple effects. Do you believe, because you've also kind of agreed that likely this is a calculated this decision that it wasn't made on a whim. Do you believe that this discussion that we're having or the ripple effects, as you call them, were taken into consideration when making that decision, that likely there would be ripple effects. And do you believe that they played out that scenario and that perhaps those ripple effects are also maybe not altruistic? They maybe are, but are you open to the possibility that maybe they are not? Yeah, I'm open to the possibility. I'm not sure and that, why that was taken into consideration when making that decision. Can you repeat that last sentence? And that the the potential non-altruistic negative effects, negative ripple effects were taken into consideration when making that decision. 
And so that perhaps even there's a realm of possibility where this was done for nefarious reasons. Maybe or maybe not. We're just speculating. It could be. But then also, I mean, you can look at it from the other side, too. It's inspired a discussion. Like, it inspired me to speak about how much I, uh, uh, how valuable Eden is. Now we have a recorded piece of content that I can maybe share and hopefully it helped inspire other people and helped other people see why Eden is so valuable. Um, so you never really know if things are good or bad. I remember Lovejoy shared a, uh, a great article about the... That's not what I'm saying, the, though. The, We're the not talking about... Farmer. We're not talking about the what will essentially ensue. It's the why the individual potentially did it. I mean, does it matter why? I mean, basically, very much it matters forward. why. Very much it matters why. And, and I'm not do- just talking about this particular um, instance. Anything that people do, you, you would say that there's no value in the why people do things? No, that's not but true. That is not important to know why. It's definitely important, right? Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, what's more important is, is what are you going to do about it in response? And, I don't know, I feel like we're talking about why they're doing it a lot. And in, in every situation, if you wonder why somebody's doing something for, you know, a couple of hours or something like that, that time could also be spent just finding Correct. the next step or building something. And so that, that's how trust is built. And so if you were to do something, for instance, I would not necessarily question the motivations as to why, because of the data inputs that I have for dancing joy if you were to do something altruistic it would not come and break down the world that i've built around who is and what is dancing joy what people are questioning right now is that that action if for altruistic altruistic reasons comes and breaks down every single data input prior to leading to that discussion that we had about tipping point and so how do you reach a tipping point then you know we go back down to the the discussion we had before, but that is ultimately what people are questioning: is the why, and that is incredibly important, because if for altruistic reasons, then it seems to be a change of path, and potentially that's good. I think that's it, fine. Having this discussion, I think, is very important for that. You can I ask a question? Uh, uh, sure. I'm not sure who that is. This is Vince. I was speaking up earlier. Um, Handle Q de la Mancha, but Vince, oh. my name. Um, Eve, I was, you know, uh, in many ways, you're hinting at things, or maybe not that. You're, you, you made a post on Twitter directly addressing um, uh, the donation, and um, you mentioned the folks who sort of spearheaded it, you know, probably the Helios folks, Chris Barnes, et cetera, Waxa. Um, and uh, you didn't mention them by name, but you, you did, you know, uh, say that those in support of it are being misled. You called them um, possibly apologists, fraudulent, um, and uh, bot, and those kinds of things. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking that to that necessarily, but it seems like you have a very strong opinion on well, the you, matter. Well, you forgot one of the adjectives that I used that I think is kind of the crux of this discussion Please. that we're having. And I used naive. Because what I'm reading in the chats is this idea that there's no realm of possibility that this was perhaps done for non-altruistic reasons, which I would call naive. I'm not so, and I think people are making an assumption that I'm against this donation, which is not true. Mm -hmm. What I'm questioning is the reason for doing so, 
and the way in which the community has been receiving that, and I've not actually said kind of what my position is, but that extra adjective that you forgot is that naive one, which, so I said there are multiple reasons or there are different, um, for the B1 apologists, it seems like, and and just going off memory, I think I said naive, uh, either being bought and or fraudulent, because I think that those are the realms of possibilities. If the premise is that the only reason for them doing it is out of good faith. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So, uh, and and I don't know if it's out of good faith or out of bad faith. That's that's not the point. Uh huh. So, do you understand what I mean? I, I do, and it certainly seems like you lean on the side of the negative, though. I mean, judging by those adjectives, as you as you say, like I mean, naive is probably the lightest of, of them, right? Um, are you willing to kind of share your opinion at this point? Um, I mean, I don't know if it has to if it commingles with any kind of like you know legal matter that you can't speak to, but are you? No, no, I to, yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've been in this ecosystem from the very beginning, from before uh, the mainnet uh, launch. I've interacted with Block One, obviously on on uh, you know more occasions that I can that I can count on on even uh, you know ten people's hands or whatever it is. Sure. I mean, everybody knows that even uh, uh, Brendan flew down to see me um, in, uh, if I recall, is October of twenty twenty one. Um, October, yeah, anyways, um, around that time. And so, you know, I'm, I'm quite intimate with working with Block One. Uh, while I was with Yas Nation, uh, we worked with them to even create Pomelo, for example. And so I have a lot of data inputs in, into what the construct of either Brendan as an individual and or Block One as an entity um, and uh, et cetera, uh, other parties as well. I have a lot of inputs that create the construct of what those are for me, right? I, I've got a lot of data. And that data and the, in, in, in my opinion, if the only premise is that this was done for an altruistic reason, I cannot consolidate that. It just doesn't add up. It certainly unless does not there was a tipping point, unless there was a massive tipping point. Like it just doesn't add up. It's like you're always going left and somehow you now decided to turn right. Why did you suddenly turn right after four years of going left, for example? And that is what I'm trying to, and that's the that's why I'm asking how do people make that mental jump that that perhaps it is not for altruistic reasons. So please help me make that jump as well as to why you believe it can only be for altruistic reasons. That's the part that I still don't get. Yeah, as far as the no strings attached, I just take, I mean, that's what, you know, the Helios folks said, and I was just taking their word for it. Um, But what I haven't heard anyone say that the donation, call it what you will, as Ekal says, uh, was altruistic, you know? I mean, um, they're very likely is well what i've been hearing is that they're doing it because they believe i guess there are multiple reasons why people um right, uh, right. the positive camp let's say believe that this is the case but that they believe that eden is a is an uh, you know is is an awesome project and they see the future of it etc i it, in my opinion the likelihood that that is really the case seems to be extremely low based on the data that i have um and i may be wrong i'm open to that um, but it that would be such a huge jump. That would be like a massive 
um, jump in, um, in, in mental uh, leap of information for me to get to that likelihood. Yeah. Um, it, brief defense of that, to me, very briefly. based on my experiences, it, yeah. it is more likely a calculated decision uh, which which the actions of can be positive, right? So the five hundred thousand uh, EOS is 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 positive. I'm not debating that. That that right. part is good. Yep. The the reason for being is, and that's where I'm not, where people lose me is that those reasons are because Eden is great, or because somehow now they want to, uh, for for no you know perhaps other reasons that now they somehow woke up one morning and now they want to um, start participating in the EOS ecosystem positively. It just making those jumps, wherever you are on that spectrum of on the slightly positive side, there's a big jump that needs to occur based on the previous data. And that's what I'm trying to find out is how do you make that jump? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll just very briefly, in defense of of the... The question of whether or not B1 cares about Eden. Um, I do remember that uh, early on when Dan released his book and then he, be, you know, he started the Eden project, which obviously he soon thereafter abandoned. But um, there, there was a brief period. Brendan chimed in on Twitter, congratulated, said that, you know, he, he acknowledged um, Eden as a process that that uh, could be good revolutionary i don't know what what terms he used and then um, also congratulated the network for stopping their vesting let's let's just put that in context as well right a little schizophrenic no one's gonna so if, so no 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 actually that that's where i disagree i i, I don't believe that that's uh, I, I wouldn't use the word schizophrenia but it, to assume that they are stupid i think is a flawed assumption to assume that they're doing things without thinking things through and without thinking what the ramifications of the words and or the actions will be, I think is a flawed approach. Yeah. I believe they're they're extremely smart. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I you, just want you don't to be very pull clear. Off, you just pulled off by being stupid. But uh, being smart or stupid is completely separate from being um, altruistic or not and or potentially being um, ill-willed or not. Those are completely separate things. Yeah. Do you think they're separate though? Because I kind of see them as the same thing. Um, I, I, you keep bringing up you I'm sorry to jump in. No, but... no, no. Are you saying okay. that you cannot be smart unless you are good? Uh, that I fundamentally disagree with. You can be extremely smart and be evil. That it, we've we've seen multiple times in history. Um, but if somebody's that extremely that smart and evil, then... Uh, yeah, they're they're called supervillains. We even have a word for them. They're called supervillains. But, but yeah, yeah, but then they're not going to make it though, because like going forward, what the world needs they're not going to make it. it, 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 it they, in order to get it, to that like, super villain status, they've made it for a long enough period of time that they've affected the world in a very evil manner, and that required an immense amount of uh, either IQ and or EQ and or combination of of both of them. Are you saying that if you're evil, you will not get anywhere at any point? That you're essentially stopped in your tracks from day one? I, that I fundamentally disagree with. It may well, take time I, for people to catch up to you, which is why we have a legal system. But in order to pull off a potential crime and or an action that perhaps is nefarious, requires oftentimes a tremendous amount of skill set, depending on the level 
of the action and the length of the action uh, in question, uh, that requires a tremendous amount of intelligence to pull something. And we, we have so much data of people doing things for years on end that it, ultimately they get caught up on. So I disagree that you can not, that, that the only way to be smart is to be good. I think that Sam Bankman is a pretty smart guy, personally. He's incredibly smart. So you can be smart in a way and, and, and do bad things, but like to really be smart, like we need to... Um... Okay, so say if Block 1 or Sam Bankman free or... Gentlemen, can, we, can I ask that we ground the conversation real quick? Um, I mean, if you want to go into in tangent, that's great. But I just wanted to kind of just ground it back into the into the B one thing because that's I think my area of interest. But um, uh, if if we want to go in the other direction, that's okay too. But uh, we, you know, if we can just ground real quick. And originally, what I was trying to get at was that um, you know it, I just want to kind of ask uh, you know Eve ex- explicitly, you sir, like. If you can opine, like clearly, Winfred believes it's a net negative to to have B one back and accept a donation. Trim's position is very clear. Um, and it, sorry, know. I just I want to clarify. It's not that I believe. I know it's a net negative. Um, just okay. yeah, I know for Thank a fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then and, and yeah, Winfred's point is that the media influences and the narrative is what influences whether or not it is good. Or bad. So it's, it doesn't matter what this pe- the, the people on this call ultimately believe, or it, essentially what the media will pick up on, if they even pick up, which they have not at all, um, it, that will influence the narrative more than anything else. But if, if you're asking me, uh, Vince, if I believe that this is a net negative or net positive, I believe that what the Eden community does with this as a resulting action will be net negative and or net positive. So whether they decide to accept it with open arms, thanking Block One, look, Block One is so great. I believe that that's net negative. Um, I don't believe that that is a um, good path forward. So we're, I'm not talking about the $500,000 itself, even if it was a million, the, the numbers doesn't matter. It's the what you do with it afterwards or what you, how, how um, people receive it. I think that uh, thanking them and saying the only reason why they haven't, because this is also I hear is the only reason why pe- Block One has not been doing good things for the community is because we have not been thankful enough. If that's really your position, I have no idea where you've been for the last four years because Block One was elevated um, and Block One was supported tremendously um, for years on end. Um, And so the idea that they only, that that they have not been doing things because we have not been supporting them, that I disagree with. I I, I was in, I've supported them tremendously. So it's not even that, that, I have not tried to take that path. Um, I've tried to take that path for three and a half years, essentially, leading up to, all right, at some point, it's enough. The community needs to take over, leading to the creation of the ENF. Like this, that I fundamentally disagree with. Um, yeah, your, your intentions. What, what, 
what Eden does with it, though, for example, does, where does Eden decide to direct those funds? Obviously, we don't know because Eden is a process, so it'll, it'll depend on who is there. But I do see that some people believe that that should be returned, and that would be a strong signal. Whether or not that signal will have the intended effect that they believe it will have, that I don't know. But I can see how that's a realm of possibility that um, could potentially be positive. Um, it would be a strong signal to the external media, especially if that was amplifying the external media, that $500,000 is not going to buy us, for example, because that would be the narrative that they would be pushing, right? If if they were to, if if the chief delegates ultimately through election in the next election were to either return, reject, burn, whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, that donation uh, or those funds, the, if they were to reject essentially going down that path, the narrative that they would be trying to push is, sorry, we're not going to be bought. I would imagine we're, I guess that's one of the potential reasons why would they would be doing that. But ultimately, I think that it's kind of along that general line. I'm not uh, actually convinced that that's not a bad idea. Um, but I do see that that's also potentially a bad idea because now you just lost a lot of funds that could have gone to, to do good. And this is where then talking about the ROI, is that potentially more positive in the long term and or even in the short term than the good that that 500 uh, can create? Um, it seems that people have this position that actually it would be better to do that than the good it would create in the short term with the 500. Yeah, that's um, and I, I, think I can understand that. I can see how that's a, like, that's a non-zero realm of possibility that I can get behind. Um, is that my preferred choice? Mm, I'm not sure yet. Uh, but either way, I'm, you know, I said repeatedly, I won't participate in the Eden elections for obvious reasons. And so, you know, uh, if, if people run on that, I can understand why they're running on that. I could also understand why people uh, would want to keep the funds and potentially leverage and or amplify the other Edens. Uh, because I also see a lot of uh, chatter uh, from and, and messages and communications from stakeholders out east uh, that were not recipient of that. And why, again, are they left behind? Um, and so I, I see that uh, the CDs perhaps taking all of those funds and transferring them to the treasuries of, for example, Korea and or China and or combination of their above and or other locations as well could also potentially be uh, positive. Hey, we're not going to accept it, but we're actually going to take those funds and try to create the um the the others that are essentially left behind by this i can see that that would be kind of a platform that i would understand i could get behind as well um i don't know if that really answers your question if you're looking at a one what would i do exactly uh and or do i believe this is positive or negative if if you're looking at just a one answer so far from what i can read and then I also have other inputs as to why this may be negative and or positive for legal reasons, for security reasons. Ultimately, this is positive. If you're just asking for a black or white, the 500,000 EOS is positive in its own. What comes next changes whether or not, in my opinion, it continues being positive or if it enters the realm of uh, negative. It is definitely. If, if you're following along. It's if that makes sense, what I just said, if, if that makes sense, then 
If not, I can clarify if you've got a particular area you didn't really follow along with. Ms. Winfred, please. Oh, I was just saying it's definitely positive in the short term, but do we care about the short term more than we do the long term? I'm going to leave that to you guys to decide. Well, I think that's what that's what the CDs need to decide, right? That is why we have that process for people to to run on a platform and for that process to be tested. Um, if the premises of that process are are accurate, then the will of those within that process will come out. And ultimately, in the short term, the decisions or each election, if you look at it as a snapshot, may have more good than bad or bad than good. But in the long term, the process should ultimately, if the premises are right and the, and the theory is right, should ultimately lead to good. So I leave it to the CDs to figure out what they want to do. And for people, and I encourage people to participate in this process coming up on January 7th, get involved. If you've got an opinion on this, get involved and make your voice heard. And whatever that voice is, whatever that outcome is, it, it, that I've said repeatedly as well, I, I respect and I encourage because that's the whole point of testing this process. It was clear for me. Um, and I think at the end, what, what I read, what I take away from you, Eve, is that you are deeply suspicious for very good reason to your you know storied history with the company uh deeply suspicious of their motivations um and no one would fault you for that but what i'm also hearing is that you're open to the possibility that the money could be used uh in a in net positive way um winfred was very emphatic uh, but the money could be used in a very, in a net positive way, just to be clear, which kind of aligns with what Winfred is saying is burning the money potentially is a realm where the money is used in a positive way. Okay. <laughs> um, Do you understand what I mean? So it doesn't matter what the number is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's whatever comes next. Yeah. It, it's okay. It, am I, am I hearing that you're sort of, um, uh, kind of putting your foot down in terms of um, what you'd like? To no, no, because I also mentioned that, no, I, uh, if, okay. I also okay. mentioned that, for example, those funds could be used to amplify other Edens that have not gotten that same attention. Yeah, and I think that's been the, the Chris Barnes. What, what I'm saying is there are, other, there are other things that could be done with those funds that ultimately, I believe, could lead to a net positive. Um, and the way in which the, so the one issue I have is kind of the way in which these funds are received and they're saying that it's no strings attached I, that I just call bullshit on the no strings attached, maybe from a, here you go, we're not asking for anything in return, but that's a very narrow minded way of thinking what a string is. There are multiple strings. And that this is what I think some people are trying to bring forward is there are multiple reasons why this could have happened, which is not necessarily a, here you go, I'm writing it down, this is the reason, but I do believe this is a calculated, um, if you call it a donation, this action or this donation was calculated. I do not buy into this idea that they just woke up one morning and did this. Um, so this is a, they've got an agenda is the whole point. 
And the CDs going forward and the community going forward will ultimately, organically, through this process of Eden, come to consensus on what they believe that uh, uh, intention is or, or the motivations are. And that, I believe, will influence then their next move as to what they do with that. And if ultimately the belief, this is, I guess, my belief, if ultimately people within this process believe that this was for a nefarious reason, it may tilt the scale whereby they decide to reject it and or a combination thereof rejection or whatever you could call it. And or if ultimately the process um, leads to people rising in the ranks, believing that this was net positive, then it will go in that direction. Hi, this is Jay. What I what I keep saying is I respect the process. So it doesn't really matter what I necessarily believe, because we've got a process to figure out what people within that community believe. Hi, Eve, and that I fundamentally support wholeheartedly, and I've said so repeatedly. I believe that we've not still yet tested this process fully. We actually need to run more elections more frequently. We need more iterations of this so that we have more data points to actually determine whether or not this process is net negative or positive. And now I'm talking about the process of uh, the the Eden governance. That we still don't know because we're still basing our belief on theory. We have not run this experiment oftentimes enough and, and clearly not with enough people um, to be able to actually get to a place where I, anyways, I can't make that determination right now with the data that I have as to whether or not this is a viable new alternative to uh, reaching consensus. I believe we're on to something, but if you ask me today, is it the solution? No, no, I can't make that determination right now. What we need, in my opinion, is to run this process more frequently with more people. The idea, because a lot of the theory behind this idea of Eden was based on the premise that there would be thousands of participants or a lot of palliers or, or thresholds or, um, I guess, uh, tiers to jump over. And that is not currently the case. And this was also brought up on uh, in multiple occasions is that we've not really even fully tested the process, let alone a number of times in the quality of those times because there's not been enough participants. And so really, you could, as an individual, if you really wanted to, accede the ranks quite easily by default because there's not enough people, not enough tiers. And even though the people in the first tiers, from what we've seen based on data, the majority of them don't even want to proceed to the next tiers. So by default, it's very easy to climb up the ranks. So this idea that Eden in its current iteration represents actually the will of the community, I disagree with that. But that doesn't mean that I disagree with the process, that we should stop the process or that we shouldn't run the process more frequently, right? And this is where some people are trying to conflate my position. Oh, if you X, then that means you don't agree with. No, that's not true. I'm, I'm, and, and this is where then I would go back to the, this idea of regardless of what I say, what are we doing? And what is the ENF doing and or what is block one doing or what are or the, the participants doing? The actions that precede the words and or that are going to supersede the words are way more valuable than the words. So again, I go back to this idea that if people have an opinion, we've got a process right now called Eden that there's an election coming up, if you fundamentally believe 
that you've got a vision and or that you've got an opinion and that it is worthwhile that this is your vision for EOS going forward and that you believe that whatever just took place you've got an opinion on and you want to shape the future of the network we've got a process for that it's called eden go and participate make your voice heard whether it's whether you again i'm not talking about whether or not you agree with the block one donation or not that that's not where i'm coming from we've got a process for people to make their voices heard that is not token weight go and use it if you've got a position whatever that position may be. We need to run this experiment more and more and more to figure out where this goes. We have not done enough yet. We, we've not run it enough times and not enough people have participated each time for us to see whether or not as a community, as a network, that process is even theoretically still good or bad. We have no idea. The only thing I would say is that my sense, and I don't know if anyone's in the call that, you know, Helios team, whatever, but my sense is that uh, they, they went into, hopefully, they went into the conversation with Block One with eyes wide open, you know, and whether or not this is a Trojan horse of some kind, um, you know, I guess is yet to be seen, but at the very least, you know, kind of like what you said in very, one of your very early articles for ENF, Eve, was that Eden was kind of on a life support just like EOS was a year ago. It still yeah. is, theoretically, yeah. yes. I, I would not theoretically, it still is. Even with this, it's, it still is. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's in its nascency, but it's certainly, I mean, now it has a a, a very, you know, a, a meager war chest with which to, pr to proceed. War chest alone, yeah. war chest alone doesn't make or break a system. Agreed. I'm just... It's nice. It, it's good. I'm not saying it's negative. Yeah. I would say that what's like, missing in Eden, that why I'm making the statement that it's perhaps still, you know, not necessarily said is there's just not enough people. It's people. It's people actually believing right. in this process, participating in this process, regardless of the treasury that's there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so in this case, it might be a bird in the hand. You know, I mean, here you have half a million dollars with which Eden can continue to. Um, Eden had a $1.5 million for the first couple of months. Like money is not necessarily what's blocking this process. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't speak to the numbers. I mean, where it was now before the half million dollar injection. Um, but before but, the half million dollar injecting and had, I think, just under $90,000 left in the treasury. What I'm saying okay. is when it was launched, it right. had, I don't recall the exact number, but over a million dollars in it. And so this 500,000 EOS is not the most amount of, if you do fiat conversion, um, the most amount of funds that uh, that Eden had access to. Oh, I hear you completely. I mean, I, I, anyone would see, I think after the, what, this is the fourth election now coming up, um, Eden has evolved tremendously. And now that, you know, there's, there's uh, groups you know, that have taken over the code base and are uh, rapidly evolving it. There's people who are developing uh, dispute resolution and NTTs and all these kinds of things. It's like, and it's a good place. That that $1.5 million, I would say, was well spent to get eating to where it is now. Now, obviously, the biggest problem is lack of people. But I guess um, I'm, I don't mean to to get into a back and forth about eating in itself, um, uh, but, you know, just really my focus in... in in chiming in in the first place was trying to get a pulse on uh, the different perspectives around the B1 
contribution. Um, and it and sounds like perhaps where we have a different viewpoint. Yeah. Is that I think that Eden is fundamental to this. We have a process that can be leveraged to determine what the will of the community, non-token holder, non-token weight community, or that token weight is not a factor in. We've got a process for that. And so it's incredibly relevant to whether or not this or where this goes. Like we've got a process to determine where this goes. Use it. So Eden is incredibly relevant to this discussion, in my opinion, because we've got a process that we can leverage to determine what the will of the community is. Now, I'm using community because it's only the community that participates in Eden. But for those that are not participating in Eden, there is a mechanism for you to go make your voice heard. And so I think that that's incredibly relevant to all of this. So instead of you and me debating, which, which I think is great that we're doing, We've got a process to actually determine what comes next. Yeah, on that point, I completely agree. Uh, no qualms with what that statement. But yeah, um, uh, it wasn't just a matter of trying to figure out what uh, you know, particularly Trimbot, <laughs> and and being able to pick his brain about his article. Um, but I absolutely agree, Eve, that uh, Eden is a very unique process that can help us uh, reach a, a consensus among a very small set of stakeholders in the community. In, in a very particular way that so far seems to be somewhat promising, or I wouldn't say promising. I think even promising is a little too far exaggerated of a word um, because that implies uh, that it is um, that is ultimately, I guess, more positive than negative. I would say that still to this day, there's not enough data to determine whether or not it's actually promising. I think it's still in the stages of um, very much of experimentation and very much of we don't know if this process actually is going to have the outcomes that were determined in the theory leading to its creation. But what I can stand behind is to say, because we don't know, we should test more. We should use it more. And I think that this particular instance right now has fired up the community to have an opinion. And so previous to this action, we didn't really have something as big as that, let's say, that could be debated by that particular community. And so in my opinion, this is the first time that that particular community will be able to leverage a process, uh, the, the process itself, to be able to determine whether or not this particular action, what comes next. And so I think that that's uh, incredible. I think that this opportunity that lies ahead on January 7th is monumental in what it will ultimately, um, uh, I guess, create afterwards, and that's that's not the right term, but um, if you know what I mean, I do. I wonder. Like there, there hasn't been an an existent an existential question like this so far that would have been brought up in the elections. I, I can't think of I anything so far. I agree with you completely. So, um, and I can't remember if Eden was around when. When when the when the vesting schedule stopped, I thought maybe uh, no at that point it, maybe it wasn't it was not a, prior to the election, and not a, not so and again it's very different right we're talking about now something that impacts Eden specifically so it's Eden and its own realm now having something to talk about and decide upon 
The Fair. stopping of that thing was not in Eden's realm. The issuance of 68 million tokens was not in Eden's realm. This is specifically in Eden's realm. With ramifications to the wider ecosystem, as as we said, very much so, of course, very much right. so, right, right, right. I wonder what, what do you think about making a statement at the ENF level to that effect? You know, I mean, like uh, that, you know, encouraging participating selection, making a, a a tweet to this to that point. You know, like make sure make sure you turn out. You know, I uh, you've you've articulated well here in this space, and maybe you'll be able to publish something um, that says that this is. This is the first time that uh, the community can 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 rally and and um, come to a consensus about a contentious issue, you know, the, within that their is. own realm of control, sphere of control. That that key part is very important. Um, uh, sure, yes. I mean, it, after these fireside chats, uh, the 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 team that essentially kind of parses out this, creates the timestamps, and makes uh, a bunch of sound bites out of this, will likely make a sound bite of the you know whatever our discussion because I'm in a different time zone. I don't know how long you've been going on with but i would imagine there's going to be a bunch of sound bites and uh, tweets going out from this so yes I, I would imagine that that is going to be the case thanks eve i think that would be um that would be beneficial to have you know kind of your your vocal support in the importance of, of this upcoming election and, and using it as a referendum and, and an example a good test case of the efficacy of the process you know uh, so thank you. Thanks for all your input. I mean, I think it's thanks to, I know it sounds cliche, but it's thanks to everybody showing up, even on these fireside chats. I, I think this is one of the things that per, perhaps is unique to the Eden, uh, to the EOS community is the capacity for people to get in somewhat of a town hall, town square and talk. Um, by text, and I've mentioned this multiple times, in my opinion, is not the preferred communication method because it's very easy, especially as a pseudonym or um, even as a non-pseudonym, behind the words on a screen without your voice. Um, it's very easy to uh, either misconstrued what people are saying uh, because you don't get the emotion, the tonality, um, you, you don't really don't get any of the feeling behind just the you know the letters on the screen. Um, but the fireside chat is quite unique in that people from the community get on a call and we, in my opinion anyways, we definitely see a more respectful um, level of, of, of debate. Uh, and I've been listening in now for, I guess, I don't know how long, but maybe two hours or so. A definitely more respectful level of debate uh, because there's this extra presence that, hey, you can hear my voice. Um, and so either if I was aggressive by text, then either that may be misconstrued or I was and now I'm not as aggressive because you have to hear my voice. I'm using myself as an example. Um, but I think that that function, that feature is quite unique. And the one thing that I'm very much disappointed um, in what has occurred, let's say, from uh, the issuance of 68 million tokens is that some people that I highly respected disagreed with what occurred, which is completely fine because multiple people did, but the way in which they did so, that I, it, extremely disappointing. And I think that fireside chats are a, a good town hall to be able to bridge those gaps, whereas Twitter, Telegram are not. But ultimately, my point here is that one thing that I've 
the the one part that for me in the last month or so has been very difficult is seeing people that I highly respect um, disagreeing in a way, the way in which their their actions, what the, their words and what they're saying turn very negative and very personal, and that I find very disappointing. And it's been brought up multiple times. You can disagree. The way in which you disagree matters very much. And this is where also the Eden process, because of that human aspect to it, even one level further, being on screen, it, it leads to, in my opinion anyways, based on, on what we've seen, a more diplomatic approach, uh, a more respectful approach. Um, just like these firesides, in my opinion, and even though you can't see my face, you very much hear my voice. If you saw my face, it would probably, it, it would be even one step further. And that's what I think is unique from this community that I, you know, that really drives me is it's very real. And so you can debate, you can argue in a respectful manner. Um, and we've got methods and processes and a framework around how to do that within this community. And not only that, we're building tools and we're investing in tools to be able to scale that because this fireside right now is not scalable. I would even argue that the Eden process in its current iteration is not scalable and it's not inviting. The, 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 the usability of the system is still very much lacking, which is why, for example, we've invested heavily and made of commitment into into Haifa as a tool because it's more so than just the processes it needs to be a framework around that so that regardless of who's there regardless of when it is that it's accessible to people it's easy to use it's scalable and it will continue living regardless of who's in that system and so even when we talk about internally at the ENF um, transparency communication we made that very much at the forefront of our, our mission and values from day one, it's important for people to recognize that to create a system and a framework that will outlast one specific instance. So we can do something, for example, is the NF, we can share data once, but if we don't create a framework around that, it's not worth as much. You need to create a system so that the system can continue existing regardless of the will of a particular individual uh, or, or group of individuals at a particular time. And really, this is what we're trying to do with Eden as well. This is what we're trying to do within the ENF as well. How do we create systems and frameworks so that this, what we're doing right now, the, the, the communication back and forth, the, 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 the being able to communicate and reach and, and or either share opinions and reach to a consensus and or disagree but still being able to do so in a, in a respectful, scalable, uh, meaningful manner that that weighs into the ecosystem as well. So that is captured by the ecosystem in the sense that it it it, it it's not just being able to have a voice. It's not just being able to output data. It's for that data to somehow also matter within that ecosystem and and somehow be you know be one of the variables that's taken into play. Uh, when that system ultimately evolves, that is a huge process. That is extremely difficult as well to figure out. Um, and that I think is, is again, very unique to this community. It's the dedicating the time and the resources to actually make this happen. And it's a very long, arduous process. And people I find, in my opinion, somehow get stuck in the instant 
in the snapshot. So just looking at this point in time and looking at whether this point in time it was either good or bad instead of where the trajectory is and what is the ultimate goal. And is that ultimate goal actually backed up by actions or is this just empty words? Which then really brings us all the way back to the discussion of block one. But anyways, I uh, thank you very much, everybody. I need to actually go. Again, I'm in transit. I'm in, I'm in Japan right now. I'm likely going to be heading to South Korea again next week. Uh, so I'm going to be based in Asia uh, for the next month or so, so that it's a little bit easier for travel um, within Asian countries because traveling from the east end of Canada is very far and very taxing on, on, on the body and et cetera. Uh, and so I need to let you guys all go, but thank you very much for participating in this. I, as I said, I've been listening for a while and this is awesome. Like being able to have this discussion in this format, um, really drives me to do what I do every day. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. Nice one, Ace. Well, since I'm talking, I'll just add on that I completely agree with what Eve said, and I really appreciate that the EOS community is having these discussions. Um, and it's very unique in the EOS community and Eden and what we're doing with EOS. Um, it's really powerful and helpful. And so, yeah, I appreciate everybody's discussions as well. And it's been a great discussion so far. So thank you, everybody. You're a good man, Dan. We love you. Thank you, Mel. Likewise, you're a great man too. And I love you too. Is that it? Because if not, I'm going to bed. I think that's it. Hey, I'll add one more thing. There we go. Um, I just want to shout out again, learn.esnetwork.com. That was Nathan's work. I don't even know if he's still around, but um, the credit for making the website, like 100% goes to him. But we worked together on that very closely because I was the one who did the cloud infrastructure for it. And I'm super proud of that work, even though it wasn't like terribly complicated. But um, we worked together very closely on that. It's cached in 240 cities. It should be very, 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 very fast, no matter where you are on Earth. And I hope you guys like it. Like all the credit to the website and the content on the website goes to Nathan. 
but um, I'm super proud of that work. So definitely check it out. All right, we'll leave it there. Great discussion, everyone. Thanks for joining. How many How many made it to the finish line? 36 people. Someone just joined. We were 35, now we're 36. Someone just joined. We can't do that to that person. Um, but no, I think, uh, I, think, uh, I think we're good here. What is this? Four hours? Four hours and 19 minutes? Okay. We'll wrap it up in one minute. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Let's go EOS. Let's go Eden. Let's see what happens. Very exciting times in the EOS community. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who participated. We'll do it again. Not next week, actually. We're taking a week off, but the week after for the year in review. Go EOS, everyone. Go. Go. Oh, yeah. 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 Go to bed, man. Happy holidays. <laughs> Go. Yeah, baby. Oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Christmas. I am here because I love.